Wait, how do we? Man, it's been so long. I don't even remember how we do the intros anymore. <laughs> what we do? Oh, that's right. What we do is that we go. Hey, what's good? Move, move the mic all around you. <laughs> now in stereo. This is what Sony Dolby is, right? Isn't it? <laughs> Dolby Atmos? Literally unlistenable. <laughs> That's the title. Oh, shit. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of A Talk of Opportunity, a podcast, all things about all the other things that I'm saying. Dungeons and Dragons. Podcast about everything. Today we're going to be going over the stock market. How's the yeah. Dow doing? Not so good. I don't know. It's feeling pretty right, down. Now. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, thank you for for coming back. We're, we're, we're back after, what, like a month? Welcome to the Talk About Opportunity, a podcast about, uh, fuck. <laughs> Sometimes I remember what we talk about. It's a, uh, it's a podcast about tabletop RPGs, mostly 5e, but we sometimes kind of talk about some other stuff. Yes, You're welcome. there you go. It's, it's been a while, okay? I, I just came back from vacation. I'm feeling refreshed, but my brain is like doing the thing. When you go back to school after the summer vacation and you can't remember how to write things. <laughs> you forgot what log division was. Yeah. What is a pen? <laughs> Lapis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, but oh wait, that, no, isn't that pencil? Wait, no, fuck it, whatever. My, yeah, my... same thing. It's, there's not a difference. There is a difference. There's a big difference. But Pluma? Made... Is Pluma's a pen, right? <laughs> That's a fancy way of saying pen. Oh, it's okay. like quill. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that must come off really pretentious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but today we're not talking about Spanish versus English words for pencil and pen we're talking about that's for another our second that's for another episode <laughs> stay tuned uh, it's been highly requested by our listeners is tiefling spanish would tiefling be <laughs> spanish i'll say i'll say so yes i kind of want orc to be spanish though i see no. i i can I, I can see orcs being like banditos like, Bandito. with, like no with, like, the big see, sombreros and listen stuff like when that. i when i when i listen to, to the tiefling you know and they talk very smooth i hear the spanish guitar in the background okay i would okay i'll i'll give you the caveat that tieflings are spain spanish Right, or, right, right, right. But orcs are South American Spanish. Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> I can see that 100%. Okay. We fucked up our country and we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that got really political. Anyways, today we're continuing our second episode, our four-part season finale that's taking forever to record. Mm-hmm. This is the winds of winter of, of our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will it ever be finished? Who knows? We might die before, before it's finished. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. But yes, today... And then, and then my successor will have to come out with a... Well, it, you know, well-meaning, not quite as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fans will always be disappointed no matter what you do. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. So... Thank you for joining us. We're going to do another four Domains of Dread. And with that, let's just finally play the music after seven minutes of talking. Here we go.
someone up my nose. <laughs> Andrew. Okay, I'm fine. Andrew, I'm I, I need you. I didn't do any research. <laughs> uh, no, you have to carry on in my stead. No, oh, shit. Get my successor oh. to do a well-meaning but not quite as good quality. <laughs> <laughs> it, can't, it, can't, it, it can't be better than what we do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it really can't get any worse. So <laughs> That's true. That's also very they true. Have, they, have to write a, they have to write a fine line between the somewhat okay quality and the absolute piss-poor quality of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about piss quality let me share it with the group so they can join us if they want <laughs> no i was i was drinking my coffee during the during the break and i admittedly i did it to myself i was doing the annoying like slurping thing and, uh, and i inhaled and it went right up my right up to my sinuses and it was just like it's just like the coffee was like lee, 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 to my sinuses <laughs> oh god See with tea, that wouldn't be so, so much of an issue. But with coffee, I can see that. I think it was just I mean, any. It, 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 it could have been water. <laughs> it's just like my brain's like you're drowning. <laughs> you're dying right now. Yeah. Oh shit! Well, do you want to? Do you want to get into what we're drinking? <laughs> I, was, I was drinking coffee. No, I'm having. A no, I'm drinking my sinuses. I'm having. <laughs> I'm having a French press of a coffee that I forgot to get the, the name of the label off of, but. It does have notes of creme brulee and dark chocolate. Mm, that sounds good. It actually did fun. I am drinking. Oh, shit. Uh, Valixion, improv as in chat suggestions allowed if they make sense, or improv as in DM did not planning. Uh, oh, you're looking at our, our tags. Welcome to another episode of A Talk Opportunity. Yes, you can chat with us. Tell us what you think. We're going to be talking about the domains of dread and how we will use them in Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome, Valixion. Yes, and please tell us how you're disappointed in our lack of research. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fair game. Yeah. <laughs> please, go, uh, go for the knees. <laughs> yeah. Low blows. We cry a little bit. You know? <laughs> we do that. We tend to do that off camera, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We won't make you feel awkward. It's just, it's just like after the Vecna episode, I was like, I did my best. <laughs> We need to do a second part of that. We do. Uh, but hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm drinking one of my favorite teas out there. This is uh, um, Jasmine Jean Hao. Right, I think it's like the second tea. Hold on a second. I need to back to the microphone. Love you. Love you too. Um, see, now we are now we're classified picky 13. They're going to take us down from yep. there. That was it. 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 But anyways, Jasmine Jin Hao is like the only tea I drink for some reason here. I need to give me some more teas because I realized that all the teas, all the teas that I've I've been on the episode, I've already had. So I'm going to buy. They have a variety pack. It's like a big box with like tiny little baggies. Why don't you try some oolong? I do have oolong. I love oolong. There was this uh, there was this tea that they had at Tivana. It was a uh, samurai oolong. Mm, and it was like it was like oolong with like notes of peach. It was actually really good. Dude, the profile of oolong is so distinct. Like I don't understand like how a leaf can taste so different. Like well, it's it's weird. Well, I mean, it's just it, it's the same difference as a tea leaf to like the bay leaf, you know? Like Yeah, like, I guess you're right. Like like you look at a bay leaf and you're like, yeah, it looks like you can just pick this outside. No, no, no. If you pick if you pick those oak leaves, you will get the shits. But yeah. <laughs> but a bay leaf or maybe two is really good in a in a, you know, in some soup. So, yes. <clears throat> 
Um, or rice. Yeah, or rice. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's weird. Great. It's great. A pilaf. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and the thing is, that it doesn't taste like bay leaf. The bay leaf brings the flavors up. Yeah. It just... How? <clears throat> it, I mean, it's just like salt. It just... It just kind of boosts the natural flavors. Yeah. So well, how that works, we'll never know. But you know what we know how it works, or sort of, or maybe yeah, I don't we can we, we have a better knowledge of what these <laughs> things work than how salt how salt works for sauces and how coffee works for barbecue sauce. Andrew, and Andrew, the we're, <laughs> Andrew, we're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Damn it, we lost all of our viewers. So so dark coffee is really good. <laughs> Give it a little bit to some barbecue barbecue sauce. <laughs> Thing. Just a little bit. No, seriously. Right. Just, seriously. Just like it make make like a shot of espresso, add it to some barbecue sauce, put it over the pot, and stir it. Oh, okay. Coffee to the barbecue sauce. Yeah, not coffee. Oh, I thought, I thought, not, I thought you said like barbecue sauce to the sauce. To the... <laughs> <laughs> no. How American are you? <laughs> you put ranch in there too? Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm, uh, last black, episode. Black Rifle Coffee. It's the only coffee. Yeah, for me. right. <laughs> so, so last episode we spoke about the first four domains in the book, which are Barovia. Obviously, I mean we already read that one. Awesome stuff. Bork. Uh, I'm sorry, Blutspur, which is the space aliens. Yeah, with, the color you know, out of space. Yeah. yeah. Then we have Borka, which was the Game of Thrones-ish type political intrigue. Political intrigue. That's what it was. Then, that's what it. That's what it says. It's political intrigue. Don't make fun of me because I was reading the book. <laughs> fucking nerd who reads. I know. I know how to read. <laughs> My name's Andrew. <laughs> um. Then the carnival. We didn't talk about that one because we are going to be running the witchlight. So. And, and and I I might or might not have successfully guessed what the twist was. Before Shut up, episode. Andrew. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that was, it. That was that was off, that was off, offline. So I'm not yeah, gonna I'm not gonna, I'm not um, gonna reveal it. Jesus, I'm gonna be so angry. I haven't read the book, but I'm gonna be so angry if like halfway through the book, but you, shit. I'm like shit. <laughs> I'm changing the whole thing now, <coughs> and um, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. So we skipped the carnival, but then we talked about Darken. Um, which was the one where the Dark Lord, the Dark Lord managed to escape, and a the whole weird, thing is just falling a apart. Weird, like dark fantasy noir mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Setting. The the, the, no, the noir element to it was like the the, the it, investigator. It's like that. It it's, so it's like good. the noir elements. Like you didn't have to do that, but they did, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we continue, and our first one down the list is. Demetliu. Demet- Demetliu. Demetliu. Yeah. Uh, Valixion says, fun fact, a changeling totem barbarian level 8, picking eagle level 6, with observant and keen mind wearing a robe of eye can see one mile in any direction. <laughs> Lip read in that range if they know the language, force the DM to memorize the past month for them, and can shapeshift into anybody they've seen in that range that they remember. You're that guy, aren't you? He's <laughs> <laughs> the one that makes a DM sweat. <laughs> you want to bar- do what? What does your barbarian I see everything? <laughs> <laughs> I see what that guy has. I don't lunch. I don't. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think we'll ever get to play a changeling again because you were just like, fuck, fuck. What did I let a changeling into the group? <laughs> yeah. No, no. There's room. Anyways. All right, Andrew. Dement Liu. Dement Liu. Dement Liu. Dement Liu. Okay, so. Dement Liu. Dement 
Dement, Dement Loot. Um, Dement Loot is actually just the name of the Dark Domain. The uh, the actual main area of Dement Loot is, is in a city called Port Alusin. Alusin. And this and this is a this is the area that looks nicer than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, Port Alusin suffers greatly from what's called. Wait, didn't you have an intro paragraph or something? I did have an intro paragraph. Did you want me to read it? Yeah. I didn't. Know. I did. We didn't discuss if we were going to go through with it or not. No, so. do it. All right. Fine. Let me play the music with my mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking do that. <laughs> Bus production. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll fix it in post. All right, go for it. All right. You remember the feeling of elation when you finally received your invitation to the masquerade. Not surprise or even shock, but a feeling that could be described as, my time has finally come. You've already, you already remember the anxious horror growing in your chest when you realized something truly terrifying. You had nothing to wear. The thought that you had put in such a most in a in such a morose mood, you retired to your bed chambers for the rest of the evening and weren't able to attend several engagements, even the ones that you were going to show fashionably late to anyways. But now the night was here and you were dressed to the nines in your finest ball gown. Sure it was a repurpose of your mo- of your mother's bridal gown with some help from your cousin, but she wasn't gonna use it anyways, and besides, it was a masquerade, not some stupid old wedding. While you mingled with some uh, uh, other aristocrats of your ilk, you started a dazzling conversation with one Monsieur Gustave Dubois on taxis. You told him about how you were the heiress to, to an enterprise regarding the acquisitions of where acquiring delicacies and that your name was known as far as Chateau Faux. You, you hope he didn't catch on to the fact that you were actually a fishmonger's daughter and you provided the same courtesy of obliviousness when he stated that he was from a, well, a family of wealthy distributors of textiles specialing in leathers. But the reek of tanner still emanated from his patchwork suit jacket all the same. The niceties gave way, though, as a resplendent voice echoing through the hall, marking the hour upon her arrival, announcing the Grand Duchess of Dementlou, Sadra Donaire. And there she was, in a fine gown of actual silk, red as the setting sun. You were dazzled, as were the other aristocrats, and rushed forward to be in her presence. <clears throat> Sorry. But it seemed as though Gustav's jackets were snared on the stair banisters, for when he moved from for when he moved, a single button popped off his vest. The sound of it clattering on the floor was deafening, and within seconds, it, and within the second it fell. The Duchess looked upon him and said, "It would seem there is an imposter in our midst." Gustav looked shocked and reached for the missing button, but his fingers found nothing because they were dissolving in front of him, in front of you, in front of everybody. Within seconds, all that remained of Gustav Dubois von Taxis was dust inside a coat he had dyed with shoe polish to make it look nicer. Uh, yeah. So yes, so I was reading this this whole chapter and it it brought like it brought vibes of like everybody's wearing a mask like a little mask and a figurative mask mm-hmm. with with every aspect of their lives. When you said earlier that like it's a very nice place, I love the details of like and it's a very nice place on the surface. Yeah, if you if you and, dig any anywhere even below the surface, you start to see the. The nasty underbelly of everything that's going on here. Yeah, and it, it mentioned that there's like illusion magic that makes things look nicer than what they are. So like, it has like this aspect. I imagine like arriving into this town, and the first glimpse of everything is just beautiful. Oh my god, everything, everybody's just there's no poor people or homeless people on the streets. Like it's just clean and gorgeous or whatever. But there's like a like a hint of like stank, and like maybe the wizard <laughs> is like, oh my, yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe the wizard's just kind of like, oh my god, something feels off about all of this. I would imagine, you know what I mean? If you were to approach this place, probably from the north or the south, because if you look at the map, there's it looks like it's all vineyards and stuff like that. But then the north and the south have trails. Yeah. I would imagine if you if you approach it from the north or the south, you get like kind of a look at the city, and it's like, wow, it looks grand and majestic and stuff. But then as you start to ride through the actual streets, you start to see like the grimy back streets and like just how just how far people will go to put up the uh, the facade of appearing richer than they actually are. Like yeah. th- this place is the a- is the actual definition of there's no poor people, just embarrassed aristocrats or something like that. So Right. And and it it describes how Every night, everyone has like a ball or a masquerade or some sort of like fancy dinner, and every night they are they are expected to dress up in their in their best uh, evening wear. And but the thing about it is, is that these people are poor. Like food is hard to come by, and and the the lavishness of their parties is so much so that they are literally digging into the trash to find scraps of food and then they're just making it look better by adding a little bit of puff pastry to it and yeah. you know or... I love I love that they make they, they, they specifically say pate and in intricate dumplings. Pate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just just cover it with uh just cover it with uh with a little uh, what's it called? Fuck I want to say masa because my my brain's in Spanish right now. But yeah, sure enough. But yeah, no, exactly. It's an empanada now. Yeah, just take it, just cover it up. Like, oh yeah, sure, it's whatever. You know, like we're not we're not having fish eyes. We're having yeah. um, premium caviar or some crap like that. Right, 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 right. Like there there is the 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 cruel irony of this place is that everyone is poor, but no one wants to admit that they're poor. And there's actually a very good reason as to why they don't. And want everybody to admit is that. aware that everybody's poor. Everybody's aware that the city it, it is there is a layer of mind games going on in this place yeah. because everyone knows that everyone's actually poor, but no one wants to admit it. And the first right. person to admit it is well, we'll, we'll see what happens. And yeah. Mark, and the mind games gets even worse when you in, when you introduce places like Chateau Feu and stuff like that. Like those like those places are <laughs> yeah for sure. So so tell me tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about the. The Dark Lord. The Dark Lord? Sidra Dionair. Duchess Sidra or Sidra Donair. She is the Duchess of this place. Um, She rules from the the central. No, that's the Mother of the Tears Cathedral. Anyways, but she she rules from the Ducal Manor in Port Alusin. And I think it describes every 10 days she has a masquerade ball. And this yeah. is the place to be. Like this is anybody anybody that's anyone shows up at the masquerade ball. And even if you don't have an invitation. Yeah, you have to have an invitation. And and the thing about it no, is No, I'm saying like, even if you don't have one, people are like wants to be there. They just, oh yeah. They try to sneak in and shit. Oh yeah, there's oh yeah, there's a lot of cutthroat uh goings on about trying to get into the um into the masquerade. And and Everyone, everyone knows they're going to get invited because they, like I said, they have this, they have this sort of like pompous air, like, oh yes, I am the son of blah blah blah, like you know, I'm, I'm a bartender, of course I'm going to get invited because whatever, you know, everyone has this, like this, this fake air of importance. But when they do get invited, this sense of dread sets in because you have to be 
the perfect aristocrat the entire time. Right. Because you go to this you you go to this and you have to put on airs like you wouldn't believe. It is it is a it is a straight like dog and pony show the entire time. It everyone is fake, fake, fake. And the moment someone slips, the moment someone reveals or or trips up and and makes a mistake and shows that they are actually like a lower class person, boom, they get disintegrated. And I they, they are hit with a DC eighteen disintegration spell. And because most of these people are um Nobles? Pro- probably well, yeah, commoners. Yeah, yeah, either commoners or the highest stat they're probably going to be as nobles. They they're not going to make that save, and they just pff, just immediately disintegrate in front of them. Right. And, and the worst part about it is, I think it describes that like the person disintegrates, and then there's like a little bit of a shock, and then the party just keeps going because you're not supposed to draw attention to it. Like, oh no, the masquerade is a big thing. Okay, this person they they did that to themselves. Don't worry about that. Right. Let's worry about the social affairs, and you know. Yeah. Now, now, why do they get? disintegrated so why they get disintegrated is because the the air of uh falsehood probably rings a little too true to sadra's backstory herself Um, which i love by the way yes so (laughs) it's so good it's It's fucking game of thrones again it's like it's like it's like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Sage's backstory is that she grew up in, uh, poor in the countryside. She was a farmer's Which daughter. No, well, she didn't know, but like, well, I mean, well, no, no, I mean, factually, she grew up poor, and yeah. uh, uh, um, to the daughter of a farmer. And the farmer was like, "Well, I'm not actually a farmer. I'm actually the the son of a duke, but they." They kicked me out of the, or or they ran me out because of like some sort of coup or something. He always kept changing up the story, but it was something right. that like I was the heir to the duke, and I was expelled or exiled well, from the manor. Yeah, but he he specifically said that. Or am I confusing? No, he didn't tell her. But there's a recent specific reason why. He got kicked out, right? Yeah, but like, but like I said, it kept. No, no, there was there was an actual reason. We're gonna get to that. There was an actual reason. Okay, but okay, the okay, story okay. keeps changing. Right, 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 right. Anyways, so 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 she so she believes like, oh no, you're actually royalty. It's just for right now. We just have to kind of fake it till we make it. Um, but you're actually royalty. Don't worry. You're gonna you're gonna get your rightful place in in the uh, right. in the ducal manor and stuff like that. So she grew up believing like, oh yeah, I'm actually the the heir to this to this duchy and stuff like that. So I you know, and and she grew up very pompous, very self important because of that. And then her mother passed away, um, just due to circumstances. And it also it also describes sorry to interrupt. But it also describes that she didn't have friends. She she made she forced essentially forced other kids to entertain her yeah yeah she, like they weren't really her friends because she was constantly saying like oh you know like legit like like telling everybody that she was the heir to you know the the, the duke or whatever yeah yeah she didn't have friends she had an audience she had yeah, yeah. yeah you know and, and and that that's just the kind of person she was like she she was a socialite she was not you know anything beyond right. that and and so her mother died just due to illness or circumstances or what have you. And her her father remarried and her stepmother had three daughters and 
and pretty much after after the father remarried, the stepmother, the evil stepmother, made Sadra do all the housework. Very yeah. reminiscent of C- Cinderella. Cinderella. Exactly yeah. like Cinderella. And and this this happened for a little while, and then Sadra's like, Don't worry, I'll get my time. When I'm the Duchess, I'll make sure, you know, justice is doled out and whatnot. And that's when the evil stepmother evil stepmother she she was probably a, actually a pretty nice person but yeah. <laughs> she, was probably, yeah. she was probably just like Sager, just dude your fucking laundry man come yeah. on <laughs> but, like, but but the evil stepmother was like uh revealed to Sager that her father wasn't the heir to the to the duke or anything like that he was actually a servant and got caught stealing silver um silverware and yeah. he was ran well, out of the, hold on just before they yell at us in the comment section, uh, the stepmother and the, the the stepsisters laughed at her when she said one of her comments about being the Duchess or whatever. Yeah. And then the dad finally revealed the truth to her. Well, yeah, it it was it the the way the book describes it is like the stepmother knew the truth and kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. on you know yeah. But the dad was the one that finally revealed, and that's when she like. Like, yeah, it was like, oh my god, and then run away. Disney, Disney Cinderella. Style. Yeah, so 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 Sadra finds out that she's actually just a, a pauper, yeah, and and that and that her dad was just some servant that got stealing, and so yeah. and so this also happened to be coinciding with the night that the actual Duke was having a masquerade ball. So she went to her mother's grave and like pleaded to no, her. No, no, the Duke died. That's right. The Duke died, and the son of the Duke was having like a masquerade ball because yeah, it was a coronation. Because fuck fuck it, whatever. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for that. So, so then she went to her mother's grave and pleaded with her mother, like, "Oh, please help me out. My time I need stuff like that." And a ghostly figure showed up, and it doesn't say that it looks like her mother. Her ghostly figure showed up, and just like, "Okay, here you go." And, just, and then it's like kind of fairy godmother's like a, a yeah. dress onto her, and she's like, "Oh wow, I'm I'm beautiful now and stuff like that." And, and she was she was planning to kill the duke, right? No, 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 no. She no, no. She just wanted to be part of the mask. She she wanted to be part of the masquerade. She just she just wanted she. I think I think her plan was that she was going to try to see if she can like like sweep the duke off her feet or vice versa. Have no, the duke sweep no, no. Her she feet. wanted to kill the duke. Like all sort of things. She wanted to take power by killing the duke. Okay, you know what? Hold on. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Determined to kill the Duke and claim his title. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this isn't Disney. <laughs> I just want to fucking kill it. Well, I mean, it takes a sharp left turn anyways, regardless. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, never mind. So she had, so she had murderous intent. She's like, she's like, mother, please give me a disguise so I can go in and shank this fucker. And yeah. somebody shows up. It's like, okay, here you go. Bib- bibbidi-bobbidi-blam. <laughs> and presumably... <laughs> presumably some field mice get blown up into horses and they're like horrifying <laughs> the pumpkin yeah yeah and a pu- it's sticky inside <laughs> because, because magic's not perfect i'm sorry <laughs> um, anyways so so she shows up and 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 she's like okay i'm gonna you know kill the duke and when when she shows up unbeknownst to her there's this fever going around into the city and and she she had she had grown up on the outliers of, of the town like she'd grown up on yeah. a farm away from the city but she did not know there was a like a fever like a plague going through the, through the city and so when she gets to the masquerade ball 
Like everyone, everything, everything's going fine, and she's like weaving her way through the crowds and stuff like that. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, her dress is gorgeous!" Blah blah blah. And so, so she's able to just whatever, just fake it. And yeah, suddenly the the aristocracy starts dying. Just surprise. <laughs> yeah, just uh, and and full mask of red death style. Yeah, just the 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 people start dying left and right. And so they're kind of like quarantining off the manor and stuff like that. And she had actually gotten close to the Duke and was was about to, uh, not 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 like wasn't about to kill him, but was trying to lure him to a to a yeah to halfway a sense of so, safety. Well, the thing is that she she wanted this is like this is the thing like she wanted to kill him originally, mm-hmm. but then because she was so beautiful and her gown and all this. She completely stole the attention of the Duke. Yep. And at halfway through, she was like, "Wait, maybe I can just marry into the whole, you know, the whole thing." Yeah. And then. Yeah. And then, so so then, he starts to succumb to this disease, and with like his and like with his last breath, he he admits that he's not the actual Duke. He's actually the son of some servant that got caught stealing silverware, and they ran him out. Bam, with, bam, with, bam. <laughs> Yeah, so so Sage was like, "Wait, you're not even an actual duke. You're just my brother." And then she goes like, "Fuck this!" and stabs him, yeah. like like just plunges the dagger into like, it, fuck it into his heart, and and then just like runs away, like <laughs> and just like just runs away to the night, going like, "I hate everybody." While everyone's dying, <laughs> and and it describes that as she's running away from the duke's manor, she succumbs from the disease herself, yeah. and when she wakes up. She wakes up in in the city of Port Alusin, and this beautiful uh, and this beautiful ducal manor that's now hers, and and the and the um, domain of Dementlu. So, however, I love- because yeah. she died, she came back as a wraith. Yeah. So so she she can wear all the prettiest clothes and makeup and masks and stuff like that, but she still looks horrifying. <sighs> She still yeah. looks like a figure of death, so yeah. But but nobody mentions that. No, a- absolutely because not. everybody because everybody wants to be you know high in the hierarchy, so mm-hmm. everybody wants to go be on her good graces. What I love is the fact that she's so tired of that bullshit because of I mean who wouldn't be you know after what she experienced yeah of the whole like pretending and and being fake like she like at night takes off the mask and just spooks the town and kill whoever she finds being fake. Yep. Yeah, she so so what she does is that at night during the day she's just Sage Donair, Dutch of right. uh, Duchess of Port Alusin, but at night she takes the form of the Red Death. She she yeah. is a she's a red mist that prowls the streets of Port Alusin and just happens to kill any unlucky son of a bitch that was caught outside. And it's just that's that's just what she does. She and she she really encompasses the wrath part of a wraith because she's just yeah. you can just tell she's just angry she's just angry at everything like at the world and stuff like that and her and her torments are are so much so that um she it just 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 kind of poke and prod her one because she is undead she can't enjoy anything in her right. manner like the food the company it, it's nothing because she can't she can't I mean she can't eat but she doesn't need to she can't sleep she can't do any of this and if and if you kill her she just comes back 
And and then on top of that, she is terrified that somebody's going to find out that she was actually just a poor person, and that she is, like, and that she paranoia. is still just a poor person. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and weirdly enough, it describes that she gets letters from her her stepsisters and stepmother, just like well, odd uh, from. Uh, she gets letters from her stepmother and stepsister and father occasionally addressed with a return address to Chateau Feu. Hmm. Yeah. So. So so just, it's, it's, just to keep her paranoia on uh, on top notch. Yeah, and it, it she she is paranoid and angry and just pissed at the world because I love the name by the way Chateau Feu. Yeah, Chateau Feu. Yeah, I, it's really nice. Um. Because she feels like she should have had the world on a platter, and then everything got in the way. <laughs> like, yeah. like we are talking yeah. lies, deceit, and then a plague <laughs> got in yeah. her way of just no every, shit. everything and, knocking her down. She, she yeah, and, and, and like even when she thought like, oh, maybe I can marry, you know, maybe it'll be like an actual like legal way of getting into like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Boom, the plague, the guy's brother, like all that bullshit. Like Jesus. I mean, not even magic could help her. Oh, by the way, the reason. The reason why he was not the duck, the Duke's uh, actual kid is because the dude was the in, Duke, incapable the, of having kids. Yeah. Having kids, yeah, yeah. Just anybody who's wondering, like, oh, why didn't he use have his own kid? Yeah, um, minor detail, but kind of important. Yeah, but it's just like not not even with the use of magic, she she couldn't climb the social hierarchy. Like she was constantly, yeah. she was constantly like doomed to be to be at the lowest rung of the ladder. So yeah. so. And and the and the great like perverted style of the Dark Dominions like okay here you go, you you wanted to be the top of the food chain but guess what everyone else has got way worse than you. Yep. <laughs> so yep. Let me ask you this like now how does an adventure in this kind of setting look like? Because it seems to be a lot of role playing, a lot of like um, specific roles like performance, uh, you know, uh, insight checks, you know, like that kind of like. I don't see a lot of fighting. This is a this is a Borka type situation, in my opinion. There might um, there might be a little what, bit of fighting, but not not super duper heavy. Right. According to the book, like what what is what does the adventure look like? Like what is you know like in, in some of the other ones that we did, like we're like uh, for dark dark darken or whatever. Mm-hmm. We were like talking about you know like oh finding you know wow it's been so long. Finding how this guy, how to, um, how, just just how he escaped and um, how he escaped and who's against you, who's for you, like all that kind of stuff. How does it look? How does adventure look for this for the Dementlu? For Dementlu, this is gonna sound weird, but I would actually say, have the adventure, not just session zero, but have the adventure with the adventurers knowing what they're getting into. Like you, you think so? I shouldn't it be the opposite. I uh, uh, all, the only reason why. It's because you want you want that that fear of oh no we're gonna get caught the entire time okay so right okay that makes that makes sense because otherwise people would just spot them really, really yeah. easily so but they're not being fake though well I mean are they does that mean that the, does it mean that the red death goes for them I that the red the red death goes for whoever the red death goes <laughs> for I think I I, I I think the red death is just more of like a cautionary like if you're not if you're not in your right. house by the time night falls the red death will come yeah. for you um, yeah because there's a lot of invo- things involved like I mean the grand masquerade is like the biggest thing but then we have invitation costumes you know arriving at the masquerade it's even like a dancing section it's like a lot, like 
there's a small little random complication table too. It seems like the masquerade is like the climax. Of, so so what I would of do the adventure. So what I would do personally, I I, I think a, a good idea for an adventure is say session zero. Hey, the adventure is going to have a, a portion of it. I Dementlu, I, I I find it difficult to have a long adventure in this. Like probably probably mm-hmm. a longer adventure. Like I'd say like. 10 sessions or so but to have a long like actual campaign i don't know i i i I don't know if it'd be good for that or not my brain is going to level five to seven for some reason i would say i would say probably cap at five only 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 because you want that threat of not making that disintegration like that much more real um and honestly i it's a a 18 sounds pretty low what did you make a little it does sound low but you also got to remember your who who she's who's she disintegrating. <laughs> no, I know that, but like, what if like one of the commoners rolls a natural twenty? Then that's when that's when the red death shows up for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I finally do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, may, maybe I don't know, but uh, well, I mean, if it's a commoner, I I wouldn't even bother rolling for them. Right. right. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But there's you know like uh, there's games that we have to roll like. Non-stop crits. Oh yeah, yeah. But that, so. but that would be something where if if a player rolls a natural twenty and they, they somehow manage to like actually keep their shit together, then then Sage is like, yeah. <laughs> 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 and then that paranoia so is, starts to you know, and then and then maybe she'll send like an assassin or something out to get yeah. you. Because um, I'm 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 getting a lot of vibes. It's like it's like a slower pace adventure. I'm getting a lot of. Um, Critical roles, uh, not 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 sponsored by that, <laughs> but like critical, like you know, like oh my god, for for dumb things that people wouldn't even like normally think about, you know, like how are you performing in the, the masquerade? Are you dancing properly? Yeah, you know, and that, I feel like that could lead to a lot of like really fun interactions of like this is this is definitely a more a more specific role play heavy. Yeah. Then I, I would say even more specific than Borka, because because yeah. like with Borka, you just kind of got to deal with politics, and and then, right. that you could do one way or the other. But this, you are. This is socializing. Like you have to, you have to know how. May, maybe there's a part of the masquerade where someone's playing like, uh, what's the word, uh, t- uh, three dragon ante and stuff like that. So like, do you have proficiency with gaming right. sets? Oh no, you don't. <laughs> you know, so, right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, or like you know, forgery and stuff like mm. little things that people don't usually. Uh, like especially when you pick like a noble class as an adventurer, and like you never really like take advantage of any of those so, things. So I, I mean, here is like perfect for that. I thought about that, and and what I what I would say is that just to get the maximum amount of thrill out of this, have the adventure be okay. You have to go in here, and you have there's something. Sage Donair has something has the MacGuffin that you need to get out, but you have to be invited to the to the masquerade. So you gotta kind of make right. waves and stuff like that. So, so I, I I would probably have the adventure be like Van Richtum himself is like I need you guys to go in here. I can't go in there. I'm I'm a known quantity and stuff like that. But I need right. you guys to infiltrate Sage Donaire's like manor, get this item, get out, and then and then to kind of uh, throw uh, throw a little bit more um, excitement in there. Have it be like okay, here is the backgrounds because everyone's going to naturally want to go for the noble background. Right, just be right, like right. here's the background. Everybody can only be one. 
<laughs> we can't. Oh yeah. yeah. No 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 doubles. Yeah, yeah. No no doubles. That way that way it's not like <laughs> the nobility Dude. of water deep just shows up uh, to a really? <laughs> <laughs> But like honest, honestly, I think like even like 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 the the urchin the urchin urchin um uh like background and like that that kind of plays more into this this than actually being a novel. You know what I mean? The the urchin background would be massively useful in some parts especially like if it's in a situation where okay we escaped the manor but Satra knew who's we are and now the red death's coming for us (laughs) and the urchin's like okay guys I got this (laughs) 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 and that that just uses the bum network (laughs) to escape (laughs) Uh, so we 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 talked about I'm trying to wrap this up because we have three more to talk about but uh, uh, uh the ultimate goal of this adventure for our listeners here, what is what is it? How do we defeat uh, Sad Set? I forget her name. Uh, I, I, I would say I, w- I would say to defeat Sadra, you probably have to procure some kind of proof that she is actually not a noble. Which and is like do it in like the masquerade. Yeah. Well, or or. or or probably have it be like where you have where one act of of it will be finding the proof, which right. that would, that's going to be crazy in of itself because it's a whole dark domain of her design, like you know, and that's where Chateau Fuck comes into play. Um, but but then but then have but then unmasking her in the masquerade, and I and and I would say probably just because of that, like the dark powers are like you, and then. And she blows right. up and stuff like that. Right, right, right. I, I was actually thinking of something along the same lines. Yeah. Too. So. Or we could call Geralt of Rivia and do some eggs e- and signs on the floor. Yeah, just yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> As why, you do. Why didn't you just hire the Witcher to do? Right. This? So, 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 but, so, can we talk about Chateau Faux just a little bit before we go on to sure. the next one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, Chateau Faux is this interesting location because everyone talks about it. And it doesn't exist. Or does it? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like I said, mind games. That just adds another layer to the mind games for it. Because everyone's like, oh, yes, I got this. <laughs> this 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 suit was tailor-made in Chateau Faux. Or like, yes, this wine was made in Chateau Faux. And, and everyone knows there's no such place as Chateau Faux. However. Even the name itself tells you. Yeah, it means Chateau Fake. <laughs> um, I think it means like fake house. And yeah. like... Uh, French or something. Anyways, French, yeah. But but the weird thing about it is is that Sadra can control the mists. She's one of the dark lords that she can open the mists whenever she feels like it. If she were to open the mists of uh of Demetlu though, and someone goes out and then she, you know, closes it, what happens is that they don't get stuck in the mists. They get stuck in the vineyards of Chateau Faux. And hmm. and they and they see through the rolling hills of meadows they can see houses in the distance. They can see a farmhouse in the distance, but they can't get any closer to it. And then, and then eventually, they just somehow make their way back to Port Alusin. So I'm thinking, if you really want to make that adventure something really cool, have some sort of item that makes the adventurers like immune to the to the presence of the mists, and actually have Chateau Faux be her actual house that she grew up in. And that's where you oh, find man. that's where you find the evidence that where she is or what she used to be and stuff like that. And they'd be like, "Ha! So, so get the MacGuffin, get the evidence, and then go to the masquerade." Repair. Yeah, and 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 it's just like I I I did the impossible. I found your I found your your own natural home. And she'd be like, "No!" 
<laughs> you are the fake. <laughs> She's a phony. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, SpongeBob reference. She's a, big, She's a big fat phony. Phony. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, it's an int- it's it's like it's it's a good one, and but you're right. I, I see it as a as a shorter adventure, definitely. I I don't think there's a lot of room to extend it for a, for for longer than what it needs to it, be, because otherwise it just becomes it obnoxious. is it is interesting, but yeah, just, just like you said, it's it's very self-contained. So I, w- right. I this would probably either be a short adventure or like the first the first part of a larger adventure yeah like yeah. like like if you were to have an adventure where you have to go to different domains of dreads like the smaller ones this would probably be one right. of the very first parts so no, I, I can agree with that yeah all right andrew now twisting the knob onto the from <laughs> yeah. peaceful right. role-playing bullshit <laughs> peaceful role-playing intrigued to the all the other side of crank it all the way. Just uh, like like violent, the, bloody. <laughs> There's combat, and it goes from one to ten, and then it breaks, and it just says rip and tear. That's where we're yeah. at now. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going into Falcovnia. Now I know I said last episode there was there was a domain that was like oh my god this was written <laughs> for me. Take a guess which one that is. <laughs> the Metler. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, this one. Dude, I was, what, I was what? reading this and I'm like, fucking Andrew. <laughs> oh, man. Weren't we talking about zombies the other day and how weak they are or we, whatever? We were, but I have I have a solution to that. So don't you, don't you worry your pretty little head. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like it was like before the book came out, we were talking about like zombies yeah. and how like every time they come out, we're like, oh, it was such yeah. a like, Oh, zombies suck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, it's like their ears like tingled. It's like, you hear something talking shit about zombies? It's like, oh, zombies are boring. <laughs> yeah, one zombie might be boring, but how about thousands upon thousands of zombies? All right, Andrew, tell me something about Falkakotnia. All right, let's kick it off with, with a little bit of an introduction, why don't we? Do it. Okay. I'm going to get quiet so I can play the music. Yeah. In both production. <laughs> just, just added a post. Alright. <laughs> you and your party awake amidst foggy ruin under a full moon. What the hell? This wasn't where you made camp. You were simply on your way to snuff out a goblin gang, and now you were here. You ask Wiz what's going on, but unfortunately his magic brings no answer. Uh, guys, the ranger says, perched atop the rubble to get a better view. Y- y'all might want to take a look at this. From the nearby woods, a line of shambling corpses, humanoid and monstrous alike, slowly make their way towards you. They moan, their moans in unison sound like the armies of the damned. The undead are upon us, says the paladin, his sword already aglow. Let them meet their doom. And like he said, suddenly they were upon you. Wave after wave of undead clashed against sword and sorcery to no end. You ached, and acid ran in your veins, yet still you fought. This is it, you think, and you look around you. The ranger's out of arrows, the paladin can barely swing a sword, and... Where was your wizard? Suddenly, the thundering of hooves announced the arrival of the, of the actual cavalry. As knights adorned in black and red armor stampedes with the undead horde, finally grinding them to a halt. When it was over, the undead splayed out, splayed out from the woods to the rubble, a gruesome battle against all odds. One of the knights circled back to, to where the remainder of your party are. Commander Drakov would surely like to have a word with you. Come, you will be safe amongst your own. Our own, you say? Exhausted, confused, and near death. Yes, son. Welcome to the Blood Falcons. 
Yes. <laughs> and that's the moment that that would be the moment where, like, in my actual campaign, like, copyright laws be damned. I'm playing like Sirith Uncle's Join the Legion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Twitch will mute it, but who cares? Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't care about Twitch. <laughs> All right. Dude, yes, I was reading this and I was like, fuck, man, this is so cool. Oh. And the whole time I had like the Walking Dead soundtrack in my Oh, my yeah. That, that and, um, what's it? There, there's, um, Probably like the battle music from oh fuck with Darkest Dungeon and shit like that. Like you really want oh, yeah. you really want those dark like tribal like music yeah. playing. Oh man. So oh. it sounds to me, Andrew, zombies. Zombies. No and lots of zombies. No, no, no. Not just zombies. Undead. Undead. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Is there a difference? There is a difference because Oh boy. Because uh, all zombies are undead, but not all undead are zombies. <laughs> it just says, it says in the book that there's waves of undead. So guess what? Hey, zombies aren't proving that much of a, <laughs> that much of a challenge. All right. <laughs> time to, time, time to go Here's into some the monster manual and filter through undead and just start throwing shit out. <laughs> Drop down menu, undead. Yeah. CR, five. Yeah, CR <laughs> 17. Okay, let's get this damn religious in there. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. Tell me about this wonderful place. Falcovnia. in blood. Falcovnia is a shithole. <laughs> Falcovnia is a land that is constantly in war. And The I crazy mean, thing is that the zombies, it's not really the main... Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, no, no. The, danger. The, or evil. The weird... Th oh, God. Okay, so the weird thing about Valconia is that, like, the best chance that this place has to survive is in the Dark Lord herself. But the Dark Lord is also the worst chance that this place yeah. has. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. I was reading it and I'm like, oh, man, where is this going? And I'm, like, going to the end and, and then it's like a... You're probably going to touch it, but there's, like, a little paragraph so I'm just like, oh, so that's what... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so Falconia is this, is this land where it's... A lot of it is forest, but there's a lot of plains and some... Yeah. some one city, sorry. <laughs> One city, a lot of ruins. And this place is constantly in war. And it's it's a war against the living and the dead. And it describes how every ten days, the fog rolls. No, it's, it's, it's once a month, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, what? Yeah, sorry. The other one was the other one was a week. Yeah, the other yeah, one yeah. was every ten days. This one I was like, damn. I was no, no, sorry. No one survived this bitch. Oh, this, yeah, I forgot because there are some logistics involved here. This one describes yeah. that once a month, or in in the in the light of a full moon, just undead just start lack of. just start pouring out of the fog, and yeah. and every month the the dwindling forces of of Falcovnia, known as the Blood Falcons, have to rally the the people and kind of create like a sort of peasant army to defend against the waves of the undead. Yeah, and the worst. And what's even worse is that this is all led under under, under the tyrannical grip of General Vladeska Dra Drakov, who... Yeah, I wonder what that guy... The inspiration for this Dark Lord is so clear. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who, 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 in the same breath, will honor somebody for their valor and courage, and then punish somebody to death by impalement. And that's the only yep. way you get killed is death by impalement. 
<laughs> Lots of impalement. Yeah. So this, the the dark uh, uh, General Drakov is is pretty much barely holding together this like like shattered bits of an army, and and it's described how every month with every wave upon wave of undead that that crashes against her forces and stuff, it just looks worse and worse and and because of that every month they're getting more and more desperate to the point where they they are doing like suicidal tactics just to hold yeah. off the 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 undead yeah but hold on before before okay. you oh i don't know if you have planned this but before you go too far with the actual like undead part of it uh talk to me a little bit about like because what i gather from this is that she is a master tactician she like as a as a general of of before she was a dark lord she was just fucking brilliant in the battlefield okay so so so, so let's talk a little bit about her her, yeah. her background so so command uh general Drakov, or actually no is she a general she might just be a commander <laughs> i might be giving her too high of a <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's fantasy yeah <laughs> so she's a general now anyways so commander Drakov, she was she was the um the leader of of this like cavalry group that was known for having like immense amount of success and in, in, in the mortal realm or the material yeah. realm. Um, and she was known for just like sweeping through towns and burning and pillaging and stuff like that. And just like war crimes abound, but she got the results. So, so right. the, she was highly celebrated. Um, unfortunately during one of her attacks, she kills a special somebody. The book doesn't quite. They say soul. Yeah, it says it says a special soul specifically. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite describe who it is. It can it can give you examples, and I imagine this is probably where like the player character be like, hey, do you want to be like a descendant of this person? Right. So you, get, you know, <laughs> but but it it describes that they killed somebody that was special and loved by the country, and because of yeah. that, um her her opinion her political opinion went complete opposite and and just like well, the, her not her opinion her um the way people looked at her well yeah that that's what i meant like I, that, that's what i meant sorry the 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 opinion of her just yeah. completely flipped and just like that she went from being a war hero to like a renegade outlaw with a band of yeah. w- with a band of bloodthirsty cavaliers yeah yeah and which now you say that it's kind of funny because she does that to certain people I don't know if you remember that bit in the chapter. Anyways, that's well, I mean, you, you could probably expand on that afterwards. So, and 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 th- you 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 might have to help me out here because I'm a little foggy. Ha ha! No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but but she eventually was uh, was caught, I believe, or, or no, was, was she wasn't caught. No, no, no. She so okay. she she started. So the the lords in the material realm where she was like being essentially persecuted. For her, her and her band, um, they all united, right? And they're like, oh, we're gonna take care of them. We're gonna kill them. Blah, blah. It was kind of like that. Uh, that that uh, I like to think. Oh man, there's like a specific part. <sighs> okay, whatever. Oh, okay, 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 she, okay. She no, was no, a hero. No, okay, no, no, no. Sorry. What what happened was that she's like, okay, you guys want me to be the monster? I'll be the monster. And so and so she started. She used her she used her uh, tactical genius against the very forces she was fighting. Yep. And and just started like decimating countryside mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just laying waste yep. and, be, and becoming the the worst enemy to to her own military 
and it was when she was sacking and raiding the last town of like mm. her of, of her kingdom that's when amidst the smoke she somehow went into Falcovnia. Yeah. And 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 it was and the the real crazy thing about it is is that she didn't even take a moment to assess her situation. It, it wasn't even like, hey, where are we? It was just, all right, find the nearest town, sack it, raid it. This is ours now, and yep. just martial law immediately. Like not, and then that's how she that's how she took over Falkovnia. Oh yeah, she she her her and her uh her and her um cavalry like swept through Falkovnia like a sledgehammer and took it over. Mm-hmm essentially overnight and yep. little did she know that was probably she probably played exactly into the dark powers hand because once she did it it would it describes that once she took power that's when the first wave of the undead came and 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 the weird thing is is that like uh commander Drakov is like i, I don't want to say oblivious but she's not quite it, it seems to me that she doesn't really know that she's in some sort of like hellscape made for her own like torture. It just, it yeah, just, you're, you know, it, it just. I seems, mean, to be fair, I, to be fair, I don't think a lot of dark lords know that. But yes, she's she's so engulfed in her war ways that for her, it's just it's just it's just war. Yeah, right. But she does know something. You know, I, I, I mean, mean, she's it, pretty sure she knows something. I mean, it's just what she knows is that her. Um, the legionnaires of her blood falcons come back, and right. and they come back to haunt her, and that and that's one of yeah. her torments is that she's constantly, yeah. actually haunted by, yeah. <laughs> by the bodies and spirits of of the dead that fell for her. Yeah, but it's like and once again, like when 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 the first wave of zombies came in, like the over, I think it's two thousand like zombies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, like she with her like, her legion, like she masterfully. Out, um, out, 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 tactic. Well, she routed. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like she, she managed to like keep the the waves of the undead away. Mm-hmm. Um, but she lost like more than half of her it, of her troops. She, she is the definite. Uh, for whatever reason, it would seem like her tactical genius has been muted by the dark powers because all yeah. of her all of her victories become pyrrhic victories she's always dealing yeah. she's always fa- facing greater and greater losses yeah. and you know in the aftermath of each of these attacks and yeah. and and her bloodlust is so is that she she can't admit that she's at fault here like she can't admit right. that she's the problem and and she she would rather she would rather die than than surrender or something or 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 at least step down like yeah. she she's kind of like a twisted version of like stannis uh, stannis baratheon like he she'll break before she bends so yeah, exactly and and but yeah so that's how she became she came to power but yes now going back to the actual land of uh, falkovnia once a month the undead and zombies come back mm-hmm. and they all go to the one town lakar 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 like where, where she's at, mm-hmm. right? And it's, take it away. It, and it's described that that it's the only city left. There were cities. There, um, yeah. there's one that for some reason has a oddly fertile uh, uh, crops or ground for crops and stuff like that. So that's the only kind of food they can get. So, so there's like this weird balance between supplies and whatnot. But yeah, the 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 undead focus on the city of Lakar, Leaker, 
Lakers. Yeah. Um, Lakers. <laughs> the, the, LA, the LA Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> it does mention that they, they go to whatever the most um, people population is. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and the highest population is. And it's, and, and it's weird because it's like every, every decision Commander Jakov makes is a bad decision, but it's also yeah. a good decision because it's like, right. okay, we have to have everybody here because this is the only civilization and naturally some of these people can't defend themselves, but it's also where most of the, that's the, everything's going to be pinpointed in this location. Um, so, so yeah, uh, every month they go after the city of, of, of Lakar and every month she destroys part of the city or, or sends like a meat shield um, garrison against the uh, against the the zombies and and it's just it even describes in the book like horrible things that can be happening during the siege like like terrible like like not not terrible things like 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 catastrophic like just natural natural quote unquote natural war things but like poor decision making (laughs) like like there's like a blood falcon that's that's an alchemist that pretty much suicide bombs himself (laughs) to (laughs) to 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 stop some of the zombies and then and then there's and there's one where um where they uh they intentionally collapse a tower to to stop the um to stop the infiltration of zombies and stuff like that and it's just and it, you you could tell that these these tactics are born out of desperation yep. and and it, and it's just if this keeps going by like the end of the year there will be no city of Lakar left. Right. And, and the fun, I think one of the I think one of the 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 fun details that it has is that she recognizes each one of the faces from the zombies. Yeah, yeah. She, and she doesn't and she doesn't tell anybody. No, no. That's that, that's one of her torments. Is that is that she she is forced to recognize like at, at least some of the faces of the undead that are against her and yeah. and every month she recruits more and more people and these are haphazardly trained they are not they, they are not swordsmen and it, by design most of these people are not swordsmen and stuff and so because of that when the adventurers go into Falkovnia they are a prized possession and and I would imagine an adventurer probably starts with you under her wings like like yeah. First of all, tell nobody that you're going to Falconia. Like Session Zero, be like, oh yeah, you guys are just gonna have like a little romp, right? Probably deal with some hill right, right, right. blah blah blah. Boom, Falconia, <laughs> and and just just to have that ultimate pull the rug out from underneath you moment. Um, and then and then have it be where probably the moment you see Commander Jackoff, she's actually the only thing that's keeping you guys around like keeping you guys surviving so so you, you build like a little bit of trust and then you start to see like oh no things are terrible here <laughs> and and naturally she's not going to let you go because even a level one fighter is far better than yeah than the peasant army she has now so and it even it even describes that she's not st- st- Stat-wise, she's not that strong. I think she only has the stats of a knight, which is like a CR three, maybe CR five uh, right. thing. But but where her her strength comes from the super strict loyalty. Um, for whatever reason, the Blood Falcons, despite all the horrible things she's done, they will die for her, and they have, and they will again yeah. and again. 
So yeah. so you're not you're not just facing her. You're facing the army that she has. Um, yeah. I mean, I think not not all of her armies the Blood Falcons. Like obviously the top echelon is the Blood Falcons, but like the Blood Falcons will fuck you up <laughs> if you even right. try to you know do anything. Oh, by the way, it's the Falcons Talon. Oh, is it the Falcon Talon? Yeah, I know. Blood Falcon is way cooler. Well, I'm going with Blood Falcons now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think one of the things that makes this whole adventure is the fact that you know you're you're you, especially if you don't tell them who this person is, you know, and they're like the commander or whatever, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be meaning I'll be managed to keep this town alive and all these people alive and blah 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 blah. The thing is that she knows that the zombies are coming for her. Yeah. You know, and she, if her retreating and stepping away will save a lot of life, but that is strictly against her way, she just, her ways of like, you know, it's, it's, I'm the only one capable, I'm the only one uh, that can take care of this situation, even though she knows how to fix it. But the fact that fixing it means she has to retreat, she will never do such a thing. I mean, and, and the thing about it is, it's like the weird thing about Falconia, and I, and I know that we said this is not a very role to play heavy, uh, thing but the but the thing about Falconia is that despite everything she's done she might be right <laughs> you know yeah. like 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 she is kind of the best chance that Falconia but here's the thing. has I mean but here's the, no it's terrible <laughs> you know No but the thing is that the zombies are coming for her like if she sacrifices herself they don't care about anybody else but but is that true though like yes it says it on her torment oh yeah that's her torment that that that's what she's tormented by but but is that actually true? Oh, okay. I thought that. I thought that's what it meant. I mean, no, it no, like, no. The reason, the reason why they're coming into town is not because of the people are there. It's because I think I, I think her torment is that she believes they are coming for her. But oh. you know, um, that makes it creepier. Yeah, and 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 it also describes that one of her torments is that she she cannot rest. She gets she does not get a moment of rest. There is no. Do R. you want to roll some dice? There, yes. There is no. There is there no R and R for Commander Drakov. Yeah, right. And she's always like instantly, like any minute that she's not preparing for the next month, is more people dying. Yeah, like she's constantly, you know. All right, so doing tell, things. tell me what I need. All right, during the siege, this is some things that could happen. Zombie siege encounters. Roll me a d6. D6. Okay. Wait, no. Wait. Okay, too late. It says d6, but it goes all the way till 12. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what do you got? What? Oh no! It says, Zombie it, siege no, encounters. No, no, it says 2d6. Oh, mine doesn't say that. No, it says as the battle reaches what you determine. Okay, hold on. So it says 2d6. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. no, it says begin a siege with the zombies approaching the car. Blah blah blah. Once the characters defeat a few zombies, roll 1d6 and consult the zombie siege encounter table. Awesome that they even have that in the book. Yeah. When the characters complete an encounter, roll on the table again. If the if the characters ignore this event, the defender's situation is worsened, add plus 2 to the next roll. And then as the battle goes on, it goes from a 1d6, 1d6 plus 2, and then to a 2d6. Oh, damn. Yeah. So... So some of the ones, what do you roll for the first one? All right, so the first one is a, is a 6. <laughs> Zombie bodies pile up, creating a growing ramp onto a section of wall. Holy shit. <laughs> and now and now if we were to ignore that outcome, if we were just like, okay, right. whatever. It's just a zombie ramp. So then so then <laughs> it's just a zombie it's ramp. Just a zombie whatever. Ramp. It's just a uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> you see these every day. Um so so then later on the seed you would roll another one d six and add a plus two. So then I got a three, so that's actually a five. 
A group of commoners attempt to flee the city, revealing a hidden gap in the wall. Oh no! Things just keep getting worse. Exactly, <laughs> and this and this is just this, this is the this is that's the point is that these terrible things are happening, and it's like these people don't know how to survive. And yeah, this, and, and Commander Drakov is technically their best bet, but she's also a terrible person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Her artwork is ridiculous. She looks, she looks. You don't want to mess with this lady. No, she she looks terrifying, and yeah, like, and I love, I love like right behind her is like a commoner with a hoe. It, I, I was actually thinking like, is that a hoe or is that like a morning star mid swing? But you might be right. It might be a hoe. I think it's a hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Anyways, right. so concluding the siege after several encounters, an hour, oh, eight wait, hours on, of hold battle. On, hold on. We got we got to roll two d six to see to see what other terrible thing happens during the siege because oh, you right. roll three times on it. Oh, okay, hold on. I got another six. I'm re-rolling that one. Yeah, I re-roll that shit. <laughs> All right, a seven. That's that's a little bit better. Uh, zombies dig through or under the wall, allowing them to flow steadily into the city. So, so this is. I like to imagine that the hole that. Oh wait, no, because I dig through. Oh what? No, the the hole that the. <laughs> that the hole where the where the commoners were leaving. They just, just like. Commoners leaving, and then all of a sudden just a flood of zombies. <laughs> like, you idiots! <laughs> you, like, who you had left, one job! Who left the door open? You're letting all the air out. <laughs> <laughs> but I oh, mean, this shit. this would actually be the perfect location to um, uh, employ our large-scale combat rules. Be sure to subscribe and listen to that one. Um, <laughs> Whatever episode that was, yeah, episode, I, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode include the number here in post <laughs> 42 42 <laughs> shit now I gotta look it up hold on okay keep talking um but yeah it's so alright so so the zombie siege is gonna happen and and it, it describes that what you probably should do is have it be broken up into smaller combats. That way it's not bogged down. However, if you really want to get the grand scope of it, you can always just do zombie swarm rules where it's where instead of one zombie, just have it be a pool of HP. And it's like, okay, this pip represents, I don't know, 20, 50 zombies. And then have it have like 500 health. <laughs> and... And then, and so, and I would, I would also describe, um, there, cause like there are some parts where it's like, oh, the zombies are reaching through the walls and grabbing people. Like, instead of having like you roll against like zombies, uh, like a strength check, I would probably just have it be like a DC, whatever, like a DC dexterity right. or, or strength to break free. If not, then it's, I don't know, one <laughs> D six bludgeoning damage. Cause by the way, the episode is gout. episode, episode 45. Oh, okay. So that's actually pretty close. All right. Yeah. All right. So, zombie climax. Uh, sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> zombie siege climax. Mm. <laughs> All right. After several encounters and hours of battle, guide the siege towards its conclusion. Use crumbling fortifications, routed defenders, and surprise zombies' appearances to make it clear that the section <laughs> surprise of Necker is lost. General Drakov puts a desperate plan from the zombie siege climax table into effect if the characters don't stop her. What do you roll? It's a 1d4, right? Yeah. I rolled a 4. Drakov's troops round up civilians and force them out of the city, splitting the zombies' attention. This allows the talents to shore up defenses and repel a second, less concentrated zombie attack. That's fucked up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the best way, if you really want to get into the mindset of, like, the tactics, just look up any of the 
tactics used by the so- Soviet army. Yeah. <laughs> just this yeah. is this is very very like I feel like this is very obviously like Eastern European where it's just like, "Eh, what's one person?" <laughs> so, <laughs> or no or, or it's like or it's like one person's a tragedy, 10,000's a statistic. Right, it's a statistic. Like yeah. Um All right, so that's that's pretty awesome. And uh, uh, but but we need to wrap it up so we can move to the next one. Because otherwise we'll be keep, t- keep I mean, talking about I'm zombies. I'm just saying, forever. if I if I were to run, if I were to run a session in Falcovnia, I would probably start it with a siege, just mm-hmm. you know, just throw yep. like 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 a, even if it's a small one, or at the end, or maybe the end of like the the month. You know what I mean? Like so, so the characters have a month. Yeah. Type well, I, I yeah have have them come in at the very end of a siege, so they still have to deal with like a wave of like like a small wave of undead. And then that's when you introduce Commander Drakov. Then oh god, you're impaling people. <laughs> and, right, right, right. And it's like, well, we also need to get food. So why don't you go to this weirdly fertile ground that we get food from? And blah blah blah. And yeah. And so so I, it would it would honestly be like I am tracking. You have thirty. Hmm, am I a good DM? No, twenty nine <laughs> days until the, <laughs> you, you decide to go to Falconia in February. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, you have you have thirty days to fix the problem. What is right. what does that mean? I don't know. You're gonna have to go Find around, out. talk to NPCs. What talk- I like about this is that there's a big there's a big change that they will it, it will take them a while to figure out that Drakov is the one that's. You know, I, I the problem itself. I would probably do a very good, uh, not a very. I personally wouldn't do a very good job. I don't do a good job of anything. But I would <laughs> probably try my best to have them at least build up a certain amount of confidence in Drakov and right. like show her that she is capable. Like she is very capable. Mm-hmm. But when the when the rubber hits the road, man, she makes some poor decisions. And it's just yeah. and, and and she's very much a ends justify the means thing. And don't forget, yeah. Commander Drakov's not the only important person in Falconia. There's there's like rumors of an alchemist that's like making bioweapons for 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 Falconian. And what and is this resident evil? I guess so. <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's talking about like feeding the soldiers potions to make them stronger and stuff. So I don't know. All right. Just pretty much, and, and, and like I said, if you don't want it to be zombies, switch it up a bit. Have like an undead, uh, uh, undead ogre, or yeah. I don't know if you're really mean for throwing an, an, an undead beholder or something. I mean, <laughs> oh god, no. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, sweet. It's it's yeah, definitely one of the most uh, uh, colorful. <laughs> Domains of dread, and the color is red, <laughs> very red. Yeah. <laughs> this, this alongside Darkon, I was like, oh, I want to run an adventure in there so bad. <laughs> All right, hardcore. Oh man, Barovia's <laughs> bullshit. I don't. <laughs> what do we even play? Who cares about Barovia? <laughs> All right, Andrew, you have a paragraph for this one. I do. I do. In fact, I have a paragraph for for this one. The, breath, the, the blistering winds cut your sunburned face, penetrating the thin veil of linen that offers scant protection against the heat. You walk, exhausted and thirsty, through what seems like an in- endless desert. Behind you, a jackal-head behemoth prods you forward with a spear. His muscular statue, a, a paltry mirror against your des- uh, almost desiccated state. Eventually, against the sand dunes and the buried ruins, you come across a sandstone door with a hemp rope, the only thing keeping it closed. In the sandstone door are 
carvings of terrifying monsters and beings, but yet the hemp rope is what scares you the most. You look back, and over the shoulder of, of the jackal-headed creature, you see a twisted pyramid against the sky. He pokes you again and says something in his own language. But you know what it means. It means go forward and search for the Ka. He slashes the hemp rope with his spear and opens the sandstone door as bits of sand fall into the darkness. With only a with only a pine resin lantern, not pine resin, pine pine resin torch, you go into the darkness and you take one last look at at the sun-filled sky before the doors close behind you. <clears throat> All right, so, so what I'm getting here is the mummy. Yeah. So <laughs> what's Brandon Fraser? <laughs> so Harakir is I, I if I even pronounce that right. Harakir is the land of a mummy lord called Anktapot. <laughs> Anktapot. Ankta- no, Instant Pot. That guy. Instant. Instapot. Uh, Instapot. You know very well our group will just call it Instant Pot. I know. That There's thing. like. <laughs> that's like Borka, Borka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you call it Instant Pot, I'm fucking giving you a level of exhaustion. <laughs> so. <laughs> So this was probably I would honestly say Harakir is probably the exact opposite of um, where we're at right now in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, where instead of crushing <laughs> temperature wise, yeah, where instead of like where like crushing cold and stuff, you're probably dealing with blistering heat. The entire yeah. the entirety of Harakir is is a desert. Um, with I, think, I like I like how there's only like three sources of water. Uh, actually, I think there's a fourth. Four. There's four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There's the white oasis, the muhar oasis, the red oasis, and then a, and then a place just called Sex Tears. S E K. Sex. Sex Tears. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not going there. Hey, yeah. I didn't say anything. Yeah. I know, but there's people. There's people in the audience. You know who you are. <laughs> so. And it, it even describes that the sand is so much so that there is, or the sandstorms are so much so that there are two eternal <laughs> sandstorms that just kind of make their way around Harak here. <laughs> and and the, the mists themselves, there are no mists. It's actually just a perpetual sandstorm outside. And what's really neat is because Anktapot can open and close the mists, quote, mists at his... At uh, his, I just imagine it's like SpongeBob when he cuts through the through the smoke. It's just a door. Yeah, it sounds like a it sounds like a lock. <laughs> Anyways, um, but he can open and close the mists uh, and hit uh, on his whim. But if you were to walk through the mists, you're not suffocating. You're taking slashing damage. And it, it, it describes that, that the sandstorms are so strong, they can eviscerate a person within seconds. Jesus. Um, I mean, because you take 2d6 slashing damage just being there, um, which you got to think, uh, a levels, uh, a CR zero commoner, 4D, yeah. the 2d6 is a death sentence. So you just go yeah. in there, just get cut into ribbons from the sand. Um, weirdly enough, it describes that Harakir is very musical. 
like like music is a big thing in Harakir. It's it, it, it <clears throat> describes how um, how music is considered a sacred um, thing, like, like a holy thing. And one of and one of the landmarks of Harakir, if I if I can see, it's not it's not it may it might be Usa's pyramid, but one of them for some reason it resonates with singing. So if hmm. so, like yeah, so if like if like a choir or something were to show up and sing to it, it resonates in a weird way, and that might or might not be linked to some some sort of um, now I don't want to say dark power, but maybe the powers that were in Harakir beforehand. Because the thing about Harakir is that they worship a fake pantheon, and that's kind—that's kind of what starts the. Uh, uh, that was like the unspeakable act that Ectopot did. Um, so go. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's go into Instapots. Instapots. Um, okay. So, so <laughs> backstory. So the Instapot is a really neat. I'm, I'm, when I read it, I was I, I was getting very like legit like mummy. Oh Not yeah. just like the remake, but the original. So, so if you're looking into an Instapot, they're probably going to be running for about like 160 bucks, depending. Um, God damn it, Andrew! If you shop for them in November, <laughs> however, it's make great. sure to keep an eye out for the Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, make make sure to keep out for an eye out for Black Friday. But man, it's a great thing. You're like, but you Dude, really have mine to has it. mine has Wi-Fi. Mine can make yogurt. Uh huh. Like it makes fucking yogurt, dude. Yeah, it my uh mine has Bluetooth capabilities. Um, so it can. <laughs> I wasn't kidding about the Wi-Fi, by the way. I know you weren't kidding about the Wi-Fi, and it, it makes. It, I've never used the Wi-Fi function, it, but it's it the, makes me sad. <laughs> that that yeah. the fucking Instapot needs. Why? Why would an Instapot need Wi-Fi? <laughs> oh, no, but it doesn't. And the thing is that you have to like connect it every time you plug it in because you know the Instapot is not always plugged anyways. I would un- it, I, sorry I can no, I can no, understand I can understand an LG smart fridge kind of needing right. Wi-Fi so it's like oh you're running out of this go do you want to purchase but why the fuck would a crock pot need Wi-Fi <laughs> anyways Instapot okay so, what, so I'm so sorry so no you're good. <laughs> no. So so who Anctopot was is that he was the it, it it describes that he was like the head priest for a couple of different generations of pharaohs and uh and I had I had to stop myself from pronouncing it pharaoh like out of the movie um American Graffiti. Anyways, but he was but he was Which, like, by the, way, the video game pharaoh is amazing. Really? And uh, you you'll have to send you'll have to send it to me cuz I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, um but it's, it describes how he was like the head priest to um, to uh, a couple different generations <clears throat> of pharaohs, and as the generations like went further and further on, it's like only two or three generations. But like by the end of like the second generation, he's like these people are not worthy of the gods of whatever land he's in. They don't describe the land that he's from, um, because that way you could fill it in yourself. <laughs> it was it was Earth. It, well, yeah, it it describes O Earth. But it's like, what what specific land? Like, is it is it west of Thay? That's all I need to know. <laughs> Anyways, so so just it 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 says how like the second line of of the pharaohs he's he's starting to become like okay these guys are not worthy of yeah. the gods blessings and stuff like that, and and and, and like in the back of his mind he's like. I could probably overthrow these people. <laughs> as as you do, yeah, yeah. I mean, as as you are when you're like, you know, the chief advisor for any, for any. Um, anyways, <laughs> but um, 
But then what happened was that on on the day on there's a ritual that would consecrate the pharaoh's connection to the gods, and unbeknownst to the pharaoh, uh, Anxipot was kind of creating a coup, um, and he rallied he rallied like the priests and stuff to, um, I, I guess assassinate the pharaoh, and and he he wrongly assumed that the people would be behind him. Um, it doesn't really go into detail, but it's kind of it's kind of implied that like the pharaohs weren't great leaders, anyways. Um, so he wrongly assumed that the people would be behind him against this political assassination, and they were not. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were very much. My move was my move was calculated, but God, I'm so bad. At math. God, I'm bad at math. It was a calculator. It was a calculator risk, but I'm bad at math. <laughs> anyways, and 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 so he he. Um, underestimated the backlash and they essentially killed him in the temple like right then and there and and in doing so he also sent, shut up McAfee I don't need you <laughs> and, and in doing so he kind of blasphemed his own gods in a way and because it's the pharaoh like this is a right, right, right. you know like this is the one person that's like connected just, to God yeah yeah and and because of that, the gods, um, they took a part of his soul. The, the what what they call the ka, they took part of his soul and they hid it. Where is it? He doesn't know, and he 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 will probably personally never know where it is. But then the dark powers swept him up and took him to this land of Harakir, and there he is the immortal ruler, for better or for worse. He is the immortal ruler of this sort of facsimile of his of his previous homeland and yeah. because he feels like he was betrayed by the gods he came up with this whole new pantheon of these false gods and and it's it's kind of it's kind of like drawing a parallel like these guys represent the children of these false gods and he has mummy lords that uh or mummies mummy lords it, it, it's a little bit of both but one will have like the head of a jackal. One will have like the head of like a serpent and stuff like that. But they are the they are the icons of these false deities that he came up with, and so now everyone has to worship these false gods that right. he has pretty much <laughs> came up with. Um, <clears throat> and it describes that it, his his torment is pretty uh, pretty simple. He can't die at all right and he wants to like he's like okay i'm done with this and it, it even describes in the book that he has done he's done everything <laughs> like everything everything Anctipod has to offer he's done it and he's just bored and he just wants he wants to restore the caw of his soul so he can just die <laughs> but of course so that's never gonna happen why why would he be against adventures that's the thing. Or would I don't, he be? Or would he be? I don't know if he would be against adventurers. Uh, if he might, he might actually. I would say that he would probably come off as a dictator, but probably in the same way that like Doctor Doom is, where it's like, yeah, by I mean, if you compare him to somebody else, he's probably a bad person. But it actually describes that like there is there is a faint layer of fear. And Harakir, because he's like he he sends people out regularly to search like right. this, this place called the Maze, which is just a labyrinth under the desert. 
Um, but he, he does send people out from time to time to do that. But, I mean, weirdly enough, it's kind of a tight ship <laughs> that Anktapot is running. Um, and I don't... He's not he's not beloved. Far from it. He's actually described as aloof and distant. And he's almost never seen by the general populace. Unless they have some news about where the missing piece of his soul would, would remain. Right. Um, so I would probably... What's up? Not so what's stopping the characters like, hey, we want to help you die. And you'd be like, all right. I mean, the only thing that's probably stopping the characters... Oh, you know, that's actually a really good question. Oh, there is... there is. It describes that one of the sons of... Uh, one of the children of Anktopot wants to overthrow him. Um, so that might that might be a problem in and of itself. And you might... You might have to, like, sort of draw a line of sand. No pun intended. <laughs> but you can be like, okay, let's all meet in this room. You want to die. You want to be in power. You know, let me find, and then... I don't know. Seems like a, like a, everybody wins. Which, by the way, Andrew, uh, before we continue, I just wanted to point to you. Uh, look at the map for Harakatar. Or Harakar. And then look at the map. And then look at the map for Val- Valkovnia. Valkovnia? Yeah. Is it the same thing? No, no, no. It's just oh yeah, how beautifully the one like it's so detailed and nice, and then one in Harakir is like. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not like that. It's different. There's this. No, it's that, I'm not saying it's like bad. It's just the other one's like, oh, you got zombies coming from like the margins, and like it's beautiful. Like, and then this one's like mist. I, anyway, so we continue. I mean, out, out of probably all the settings, this is probably one of the most vanilla. This, this is probably, right. I would honestly say this is probably like Barovia in Egypt. <laughs> you right. <know? laughs> yeah. It, 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 vanilla sounds like a bad word, but I don't think it's vanilla. I think it's... Um... <laughs> Remember, <sighs> vanilla is the best flavor of ice cream. It is. It is the best flavor of ice cream. That is, that is unanimously known and accepted by the group. There is no backlash against that. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. If anybody, you know, that's why. Hey, if you say something else, I will pluck out Barry's eyes if I get some backlash. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> also, an, an, another another thing is, is the artwork for the Pharaoh looks pretty dunk. Oh yeah, and, and and the weird thing about it is, is that he only has the stats of a mummy lord, and I would, yeah, and I say only the stats of a mummy lord, but it describes that some of his his children. Are also mummy lords. I'm like, um, no. What I would do, mm. I would, I would probably take the stats, open up the control panel, give them some legendary actions, probably give them a little bit more spell casting. Definitely give them something that makes them stand out. And, yeah. but I would say this is probably a really good adventure to have, or sorry, a really good um, setting to have a full adventure in. Like I said, this could be Barovia, but the mummy version of it. Right. You know, and I would, I would. There's a lot of potential here because it describes that there are some there are some parts of the city that nobody goes to. Or not some parts of the city. There's some parts uh, the, of the town ta- uh, of fuck the land. <laughs> there's some yes. parts of the land that just nobody goes to, and like right. there's there's this place that's called it's used to call the the maze or the labyrinth, and it's like nobody has really made it that far down there, and a lot of people think that's probably where the caw is. So hey. That's where that DMG part of a random like dungeon maker comes in. Just start rolling dice, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> you know, and and it, you'd probably want to figure out like what's the deal with the bent pyramid? Like why does it resonate with music? And 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 you can 
also throw in a lot of environmental dangers because you're dealing with heat, you're dealing oh, with yeah. sandstorms. Oh yeah, 100%. And and all and it doesn't describe somebody wears somebody wears uh, heavy armor on that much heat. Guess what, man? <laughs> you know, so yeah, you you'd probably be like having to be like you have to take off if if you're wearing anything above medium armor, you have to take it off when you're resting, yeah. or else you're not going to get the full benefits of a rest. Um, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't describe it that this is like a land of undead or a land of something. It just says it's a land. So you can honestly just. Because it is vanilla, there is so much to build off of it, and and while it it does describe, it's not saying that like Anctopot is slaughtering people by the thousands, but it is saying that he is a tyrant. So where you right. want to go off of that, if you want to make, if you want to make the um the Mummy Lord, I think his name is Sekhmet. If you want to make the Mummy Lord that wants to over Sinmet, sorry, if you want to make the Mummy Lord that wants to overthrow him, be like a kind of a hero, or maybe like the lesser of the two evils, you can do that and have a sort of like big like uh uh climax at the end where wow we're overthrowing anctopod and stuff like that his car be damned or something like that or have it because you gotta remember there are still innocent people that live in these dark domains right or have it but also you know if if they overthrow they kill him does the domain go away no (laughs) of course it's not gonna go away (laughs) or probably have it be like okay we gotta find this guy's car because he is he is keeping it together but there will be a huge civil war that Sinmet's going to uh, uh, throw. So if if we find this guy's car and there's just an empty throne, Sinmet can just ascend to the throne bloodlessly. So maybe right. that could be a thing. Or maybe, or maybe you know, just have it be like, Aethopot's like, yeah, I want to find my car. And then they find it and he's like, hmm. Nah. <laughs> I mean, that's not really what I want. I mean, the Dark Lords can be petty like that. I mean, fuck, Strahd was like that. There, that is true. There was, yeah. a, there was a whole subplot where he's like, I want people to ascend my throne. Now I don't. <laughs> and then the last minute, just have him, just have him try to fight off. So, I mean, there's... It, this is one of the... It's, it's weirdly vague, but there's a lot of work with here. So there's there, this... This is like the exact opposite of Dementlu, where Dementlu is very narrow and it, it kind of spoon fed you what you can and can't do. Here, the possibilities are kind of endless. Like this, this is a huge like chance for uh, um, possibilities here, and it and it, it even says it, there's even a section of the book where yeah, you restore his car. But he might not die. He might be reborn, and then when he gets reborn, then bad things can happen. Like there's right. a there like there's a whole there's a whole um, actually to describe what you said, one of one of the uh, one of the um, developments of him being reborn, it says Anctopot is reborn, dies, and is cursed by the gods anew and locked within a hidden tomb. Harakir falls to chaos as the land is scoured by squabbling mummies, a fruitless revolution, and harsh storms. Only by returning Anctopot to power can the land be saved. Hmm. So I would say probably if you are going to do a full campaign, like probably like a one to, I don't know if I could, let's throw a 15 in there. <laughs> so like, it's like a one to 15 campaign have like levels one through eight being, all right, let's just overthrow this guy. Let's, let's, let's find his car and get rid of him. And then realize, oh no, things have gotten worse because Sinmet does not know how to hold power. We got to right. find Anctopot now. <laughs> yeah. That could be like, that could be a very interesting, uh, uh turn of events for mm-hmm. sure. So, I mean, it, it, it 
like I said, there's a lot to work with here. So there's, there's yeah. a lot of things. This is probably I out of all the settings. I know I know I gushed about Falconia and stuff like that, but this is actually one of the settings I wish they would have an adventure in because because like a desert adventure always intrigued me. So this would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, I just love also I love the aspect of like when it comes to like desert adventures of like uh, oh you survive you know the storm and then you can just the storm goes away and you get out of your tent or whatever it is that you took refuge in and then all of a sudden there's like a whole new building in front of you that got you know dug up because of the like stuff like that is cool. It even describes that um, it's it's kind of implied that um, Hark here might or might not be built on the ruins of another city. So. Right. I mean, yeah, it might be Egyptian, but then you, quote unquote, Egyptian, but then you go <laughs> under there and it's like we- Hollywood Egyptian. Yeah. But it's like weird, like Sumerian and stuff like that. And then, and then if you really oh, want to, you could open up the books to like fuck a blute spur <laughs> shit like that <laughs> and have like, oh no, the old gods are here or something. Really throw like some, whoopsies. Yeah. Like really throw like some near lethotep crap in there. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, so yeah, I, I actually really like Harak here. I, I love yeah, no, I love Falconia, but I want to write about Harak here. <laughs> or you can put both of them together. <laughs> Harakovnia. <laughs> Zombie movies. No. And Brendan Fraser shows up and yeah. hopefully it revitalizes his career. Bring back Brendan Fraser, man. <laughs> hey man, he's 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 slowly making it back up, so Yeah, he is. Good for him, man. Good for him. Oh, I also like how um, his caw takes different forms. It might or oh, might yeah. take different forms. And one of them yeah. is a hawk that circles yeah. the sun. <laughs> I just, read it, I'm like, I just that, imagine you point that out as a DM. You're like, oh, you know, it's a hawk. And then you, you bring it up every now and then. And you see it like, wait, do a perception check. You like, like, don't worry about this event. I know you're looking at the sun. But just, <laughs> and you see, you see the hawk fly behind the sun. Well, now we got a whole other set of problems here. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not normal. Oh, uh, uh, shit. shit. <laughs> All right. Now to the last one for today's episode. The one that I think is pretty fucking cool. Really? I'm kind of... Slam! Okay. <laughs> You're like, all right. Well, no. It's just, it's just like... <laughs> I don't know. I, I read this and I was like... Mm. Like I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm against it. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't really know exactly how I, how I f- totally feel about this one. So. Dude, Red, Red Wizards of Fae. I know. I know. Oh, I know. No, no, don't worry. We're gonna get into that because <laughs> I was like, holy shit, about that part. But you know. Uh, all right. So Haslam, Andrew. Hold on a second. Tell me what you know about Haslam. Um. Hello. Haslan is described as a ma- an actual magical wasteland. Um, Hold on. So I was reading this, and I just, I just could imagine the guys from WebDM like, fuck! <laughs> I mean, it kind of... It, it, weird, weird. it is and it isn't, but it's, it's one of those things that, like, two two great minds working on the same thing. Yeah, and accidentally without, without came to the yeah, same yeah, yeah. point. I, w- yeah. I would say Haslam would probably be a part of Weird Wastelands. Like, this was probably, like, oh, yeah. the deepest, nastiest part of uh, yeah. one of the areas of Weird Wastelands. So, Haslam is... <laughs> it, it's essentially what, <laughs> what like, 
the industrial revolution would look like if it was magic magic um, yeah it describes how there is how there's the remnants of failed potions flow through the cities and cre- create the swamp simply known as the brew <laughs> yeah the brew and and that there is this like thick oily um fog called the lacuna mm-hmm. that just is there and yep and and has haslan is it it says in the book if there is a thing that you want to throw in your adventure simply because an evil wizard did it haslan's the place for you <laughs> if your justification is an evil wizard could do it this is the area and yep and so ha and uh haslan is an area where everybody's magical to the point yeah. that if you aren't magic, that makes you stand out and you can potentially be a sacrifice to something that's just simply called the egg. Um, yeah. And and okay, so let's let's get into the cre- let's get into the creator of Haslan. Or not creator, but the Dark Lord of Haslan. Dark Lord, yeah. Haslan is ran by a pl- by a man called Haslick, who <laughs> who apparently is not very well known for for making up names where he's just like oh what's this place oh wait i'm haslan no wait oh wait i'm haslick and this is my land haslan okay boom haslan boom (laughs) hey man stretch to the point all right get efficient (laughs) so definitely the most interesting and and that's kind of saying a lot because definitely the most interesting er thing about this area is that the dark lord is well we'll get into that he is he was a red wizard of Thay, which is already a pretty bad point to start off with. Yeah. He was a red wizard of Thay who um, was in this weird kind of rivalry slash partnership with a with a, with another uh, wizard. Well, oh, they, they describe him as his lover. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Um, what is... The, the, does he even have a name for the other... Yeah, yeah, he does. I forgot about it, though. Hold on. Uh... Indreficus, that's what it is. Yeah. So so he he has a lover named Indreficus and they they're working together to to just uh create or not create right. but just study well, more. Right. So Haslick Haslick is like this wizard, like top of the class, he's like beating everybody, mm-hmm. and he only really only had one rival, which is this guy. I forgot his name already. Yeah, Indreficus. Um, and uh, you know, first it was like a rivalry type thing, and then eventually they started working together, uh, and then became lovers, and then they started just creating awesome shit. Like yeah. they had a, a a a brief moment of peace where both of them were just like, you know, in sync and just ex- like pushing magic to its limits. And and because you have to remember, they are the red was they they are part of the red wizards of Thay. Which is a magocracy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So it, essentially, the more magical power you have, the more political power you have as well. So right. so they're both working together to go up the um, the political hierarchy, and and somewhere along the line, I don't I don't want to say it sours, but no, oh, maybe it sours. And and they and they what they go from rivals to friends to lovers and then bitter enemies and well i mean it's very specific what happens well <laughs> oh, okay okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well i mean do you want you, you seem you well no, no i was just like the main thing is that you know they're working together or whatever and then has like gets 
knowledge that the what is the name of the 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 the, the hierarchy the the the, 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 soul, the, the soul the, the soul cures uh started having a um an interest on in Jeffricus. Jeffricus, yes. Yeah. And that makes Haslick it well essentially it, it, it flip. Yeah, it he, he feels betrayed and he's heartbroken. Right. And and so he kidnaps Indrefficus and subjects him to some terrible, awful magical experimentation. Evil shit. And and when the Zolkers finally find Haslin or ha- uh, Haslick, they find that Haslick has turned Indrefficus into a pay attention here, a living portal. Mm-hmm. What that is, they don't describe. It's just the two words: a living portal. And, yep. And they they figure that's even that's too dark even for the red wizards of Thay. So they're naturally going to like arrest him or capture him yeah. or something like that. And so you, you forget you forget to add: it's not just a living portal; it's a pain wrecked living portal. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not well because there's a living portal who can't feel pain or uh, say that he's feeling pain, and then there's this portal that is very aware of all the pain. Yeah. So, so what makes matters worse is that well, actually, no, I had some things wrong. The Zolkirs don't track him down. He makes Indrafagus into a pain-wracked, sorry, mm-hmm. pain-wracked living portal. And then he goes to show it to the Zolkirs to be like, ta-da, look what I did. I, right. I actually did something. And the Zolkirs are like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 and, 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 and they describe that, like, no, we weren't going to pick Indrafagus over you. We were actually going to pick both of you. Like, you yeah. like you misconstrued the whole thing. Like, we were actually yeah. going to make both of you more powerful than you actually were. And, and, and has, like, just... He has, he has, like, a brief moment where, like, where he's like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong here. But, again, like any Dark Lord, he can't admit that he's wrong. And because the Zolkir's like, well, we're going to have to kill you now because you did this to another you person. You've nation. Yeah. yeah. E- even for us, they wizards, that's pretty bad. So he escapes. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> Meanwhile, and they I, have like a guy a guy hanging upside down, like skinning him. Or yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, not cool, man. <laughs> no, whoa. As, as, they, as they carve a piece of shawarma off of a, a slave behind them. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and so he escapes the Zolkir's through the living portal. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. There is a, there's a, there's a, there's a phrase they use. Uh, through, yeah, has like fled through the groaning portal at that portal had, <laughs> that had been in Drefficus. <laughs> Whoever wrote that line, uh, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> that that is like the definition of the pen the, the words you use can describe so much more in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so he escapes. Through the portal that was in Groaning portal. The, oh my god, the groaning portal that was in <laughs> and and when he when he comes out the other side, he finds this land that is, it's it, it's described as nightmarish, but none of the people there knew about magic, and because right. he was a red wizard of Thay, and it's described that he's an archmage of the red wizard of Thay, he's like 
<laughs> I could teach people a thing or two. <laughs> and he just be- first things first. It's called Haslam. Yeah, like he tells everybody. <laughs> he, he, yeah, ha- it, it was originally going to be Haslick's land, but then the sign broke and it became Haslam. He's like, Haslam. oh, okay, that's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great with great with magical research, not so much at naming things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All his spells are very like name, very basic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ha- grabbing hand, ha- the, 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 the 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 shiny lightning. That, isn't that just mage hand and chain lightning? No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so Has Haslick. I keep I keep wanting to say Haslin. God, it's so it's such an unoriginal name. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so Haslick has these things called the eyes of Haslick. And you said mm. previously about how um, somebody would probably have eyes all over the all over the land, but this guy actually has eyes all over the land. So what these are is that they're glyphs that can be carved onto pretty much any surface—a a building, a door, what have you. A worm. Uh, a what? A worm. Oh, a worm. <laughs> and and with it, he can scry through these eyes. So he, first of all. Paranoid to the nth degree. I think yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that a lot of these dark lords are paranoid. Um, it's probably a shorter list to say which ones aren't. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and uh, let's see. And so so he he has these these eyes that he can see through, and he is constantly trying to better his magical experiments, but, but he can't. Yeah. Um. That's that's one of his torments is that no matter what for whatever reason his magic has capped. He can't learn any yeah. new spells. He he can't discover any new spells. He can't experiment or anything like that. And so because of it, he uses a lot of magical items and uh, to juxtapose his once powerful um, yep. spell spell casting. So it's weird because he's he's, he, he, he's like an archmage that doesn't really have a lot of spell casting. Probably yeah. loaded up. He's also- What's up? He's also a, plagi- a plagiarist. Yeah, he's a plagiarist. He's a huge plagiarist. And actually, um, what's it? He he's actually covered. One of his torments is that he's also covered in tattoos that oh, yeah. were uh, the symbols of it means traitor in his homeland. But he doesn't tell anybody that. He's just like, oh yeah, they're <laughs> just you know just cool tribal cool, tattoos look. or some shit like that. <laughs> um, but Haslick is. He, he's one of those guys that I would say he's probably cha- uh, chaotic evil, like oh for sure, like right right out the right right out the bat he is paranoid. He's power hungry, um, but he's all he also does not give a single crap about any of his subjects. He he doesn't care about the land. Everything about Haslin is is under the the slow destruction of his experimentations. Yep. Um, and it even, even the land itself is, is described as it is, uh, it is lacking the, like the essence of life. Like uh, all of it is just falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially like, 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 like the weird wastelands. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a part of the, oh, I can't really quite read the font. There's a part of, of the land called the seething, which is right, which is on the shores of the brew. 
and it just describes that this part is so again the naming this guy it's, it's the, oh, that looks like brew the brew yeah, the, the brew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but there but the seething is so devoid of life and has been it has been like the life has been siphoned out of it so much so from magical experimentations that it's actually just crumbling into the mist like yeah. it, like there's nothing left. It, it just you step on it, and if you go onto the edge, you might just fall into oblivion, because it the the land is part parts of this land is just crumbling away. Um, but because because it is it is a extremely magical area, naturally there's a lot of mages and stuff, and and because they are taking on this sort of what's the proper word Thayan. Uh, mentality of of uh, climbing the political hierarchy. A lot of these people are engaging in probably far worse experimentations or doing just straight up stupid things to get Haslin, yeah. uh, Haslick's attention. Um, yeah, and what I love what I love about this is that Haslick knows or Haslick knows that. Well, at first he was like, "Oh, I'll get out of this prison or whatever," because he's aware mm-hmm. that it's a prison, and he's like, "Oh, no problem." Right, so he started using his magic and like abusing the resources of the land, and now the land is falling apart, and he's starting to realize that he might not leave. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but the land is falling apart around him, which originally he didn't care about, but now it's like, oh shit. Yep, and and uh, and because it, it, despite the fact that he is single handedly the reason why this land is falling apart, he denies it. He's like, nah, it's not me. Yeah, it, it's right. it, it, it was going to happen like this anyways. It's stuff uh, and. It, it it takes on a weirdly political parallel on like on like real world stuff. It's like nah 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Climate change is sort of thing. Where I came from, it was way worse than this. We're we're fine. <laughs> so, um. But yeah. He, but but one of his torments is that he can't let people know that he can't. He his his magical limitations are there. I, and, right, and, right, right, right. And, and it doesn't does it describe that he just can't cast magic anymore, or he just can't learn new spells? Because it he um, let's see, yeah, it says it says he favors an array of magic items rather than using new spells. So maybe he can't even cast spells anymore. Um, That'd be interesting. That I, I, that would be really cool because it's like okay, you're an archmage, but you don't have spell casting. So then. Open the DMG. It's like, what's the most nefarious thing I can throw at the group? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I love also the fact that in this land, there's only two types of people: either you're an apprentice or you're a, a, a guinea pig. Yeah, that's it. And th- th- yeah. there, there's no in between. And unlike yeah. unlike the Mintlu, where like people are faking where they are in the social chain of command here, no, you you know yeah. exactly your your place in society. Um, it does describe that he is. So to answer my own question, it does describe that he can prepare and use the spells he's already known, but he can't learn any more spells. That's, dude, that's a hell of a tremendous so for for a freaking wizard. So yeah, when he really needed that light cantrip in the cauldron caves, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but he, but even then, he's still driven to like I have to keep discovering, and it, it's like yeah. it, for some he thinks that for some reason if he does if if he. If he can make that one final breakthrough, he'll come out of Hasland, and that's never going to happen. I mean, we know that's right. never going to happen. But he's like, nope, he I, doesn't. I, I, I just got to keep. Yep. I just got to keep going. You know, it's it's right there. It's right around the corner. 
Yep, and that's why he has so many apprentices. He's, he's that guy who's like, the apprentice comes with something, and then he kills the apprentice, and he takes credit for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, you know, or, or if something, if like something the apprentice did was a horrible failure or an abomination, it's like, oh, nah, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but it describes that there is, because naturally, there is, it, this whole place is magical, there is wild magic effects. Um, and, and in the world of Haslan. And I think it says that, what's it, whenever a character in Haslan expends a spell slot of, of one or higher, an additional effect might occur or uses a magical item. So every, uh, it doesn't matter if you played it safe with a sorcerer. Everything's wild magic here, and yeah, and uh, yeah, because it's so fucking unstable. I used to actually imagine that like, <laughs> that for the wizard casts a spell for the first time, you're like, okay, roll me a d twenty. Like, wait, what? Uh-huh. Yeah, roll me a d twenty. And this don't is, worry about it. And this is where we get the staring cats of old Indar, where they God. they just show up. But what's horrifying? Have you read? Have you read the uh, results for seventeen to eighteen? On the wild magic? No. Okay, don't, don't read it now, because I want to read it to you. Uh, okay, okay, okay. It says, A shrieking, skinless, mini-limbed horror that has the s- statistics of, and vaguely resembles, a unicorn appears within 30 feet of the character, and is hostile to them, and then vanishes after one minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> So, so like the weird, al- <laughs> the weird alpaca monster at the end of Color Out of Space just shows up. Shows up, okay. <laughs> Without Fun. Nicolas Cage to put it down. <laughs> and 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 it it it. I mean, hmm. Maybe I didn't give this this land enough credit because it lo- it looks like shit. <laughs> but that's by it looks like shit. That's by design. But that's design. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, but then but then at the same rate, like. Anything you want to throw at these guys, just just do it because eh, fuck it, why not? Magic, <laughs> magic, 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 magic. There's an explanation. You don't need to have any like logic behind it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when 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 you're talking about uh, when you're talking about a land where anything can pop out of the blue because of wild magic, so, hey man, this guy's the limit. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not a fan of Haslan or Haslick. I think he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, are you supposed to be a fan of him? Right. But it's like, but it's like every Dark Lord up to this point has kind. Of, I, I don't want to say a redeemable quality, but at least has something about him that makes him like, okay, I can. No, this guy is completely unlikable. No, this guy, this guy is 100% a villain. You know. Yeah. Like, like, like Sadra, I kind of feel bad for. Like Angstapot, okay, he might or might not be doing the, you know the right thing. This guy, but then again, he he's he's a red wizard of Thay. That's what red wizards of Thay. Oh yeah, are. no, th- this guy is just just th- this guy's complete hate sink. Like just yeah, just fuck exactly. this guy. <laughs> he's 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 a guy that bring everybody down in a party. Yeah, yeah, and th- and so it 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 would probably be if you're gonna have an adventure. First of all, why not have just a group of spellcasters? Like fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, just go, just go whole hog. Just session zero. Hey, hey, we're gonna go into a wild magic land. So make of that what you will. But then I would probably just have it be like, no, we need to put this guy into the ground because he is he is obviously just a detriment to everybody around him. Um, yeah, and he can't he can control the fogs or the mists rather. But I'm also pretty sure if you kill him, he, you know the fogs will be lifted at least long enough for you to get out. Until he comes back, I'm pretty sure he comes back. All the Dark Lords do, um, but but the but the other thing is is that he is he is well aware 
weirdly enough, the eyes of Hazlick are not magical, but if you cast a spell around, if you cast a spell within 30 feet of him, he knows yeah. that you casted a spell. And, or used a magical item or something like that. So you, so it would probably be while you're out in the wilderness, while magic happens, but while you're out and while you're in the cities or anything like that, like you're going to have to, okay, you're what you want to use this cantrip or what have you. All right, roll me a d20, and if you roll high or low enough, Haslick knows that you're doing something, you know, and, right. that, and that might garner the attention for good or for worse. That might garner garner the attention of his underlings. <clears throat> All right, take it away. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. No, but I mean, honestly, I think the reason why I like it so much is because the reason that you said is it's, it's magic land. You know, everything is... Magic Land times Murphy's Law times uh, Crazy Dictator. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's, it's, it could have been for a really crazy adventure. Plus, we don't really explore, like, magically driven stuff no. too, too, too often, you know? Um, but yeah. I, Did you have anything else for Hasland? No, I, I would just say I think this would probably be the... Uh, this might this might be a good mix between no this this would actually be a really good mix between um, role playing and combat. This would be oh, a yeah. very good traditional setting, um, yeah. much like much like how Harakir was essentially Barovia with mummies. This can be Barovia with wizards. Um, yep. And and I would I would definitely just just sky's the possibility like uh, you want to drink from the brew okay let me uh, figure let me, out what's let, gonna happen there let me get the the uh the demon demon icker table from that that would Venice. actually be the perfect example or something like yeah. that. or just or just like hey you you drink from the brew and you can cast or you do wild magic whenever i feel like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i mean has has it Hasland takes a little bit of work, but you can definitely you can definitely jimmy an adventure out of there, um, yeah. and definitely just just kill the fucker, just put him in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible person. <laughs> he is. I mean, they're all terrible, but this one is very dry, but, like dry dry cut terrible. Yeah, it, and and it even describes that like the mists are. That's where he puts away the rejects for his experimentations. Yeah. So just <laughs> what an asshole. Just have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Andrew, we hit our two-hour mark. All right, we did it. Four more, four more under the belt. I can't we have what eight, eight more to go. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Ecaf. Ecaf, Ecaf. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining us uh, for these four um, new domains of dread. But now we move on to our favorite part of our episodes: the news. Actually, we have some news. You want to go to news first? Uh, I was kind of kidding. What's the news? <laughs> uh, we have a new book. Oh, that's right. A uh, f- uh, f- uh, f- flan- 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 Monsters of the Multiverse. Yeah, flan- flan- Flandell's Treasuries of Monsters of the Multiverse. So, yeah. so Wizards of the Coast um, actually listened to us. <laughs> I doubt we had anything to do with it, but they did. Well, I mean, they. It, it, it is. It is not. Listen, no, 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 nobody has taken credit for it. So, uh, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. We, we, we did it. Yep, we did it. It's all us. We did it. But we did it. Okay, so, so they, they've heard the public, and I guess they're coming out with like a revised monster manual, or something like that. 
It's, it's, yeah, so it includes the debut of the Monster of the Multiverse, a comprehensive resource for players and dungeon masters alike, containing over 30 updated player character races and a massive bestiary with over 250 redesigned monsters and stat blocks, all for use in any D&D world. I mean, really, the only thing we're asking is that every monster after the letter D gets the same amount of love as A through D did. <laughs> well, the thing is that, remember how we like talked about the stat blocks and how they need to like do certain things to make it better? Mm -hmm. They're revamping the stat blocks too. Really? <laughs> Because yeah. I, because I know I I know I noticed small like the things. like the actual stat block that you see on the book it tells you like all kinds of things like what can you give me an example or uh, let me look it up on because okay. I, I read it but I can't find the specific uh, the specific bit uh, oh wait I'm reading the wrong one uh, so the okay so anyways hold on before I, I move too far so this new is this new book is. I get it. They're being a little greedy here, but it's coming out first within a rules expansion gift set. Yeah, uh, which is coming out on January twenty. Which is what? Fifth. It's, it's Tasha's Monsters of the Multiverse and Xanathar's? Uh, Xanathar's. Yeah. Yes. Which at first I was like, oh man, I guess I'll wait because whatever. But then I saw the limited edition covers. For all three of those books are You're unique. You're gonna have like the same five copies of. Listen, have you seen the artwork on these things? Yes, I have. They're but... beautiful. I was because I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a special edition for Monsters of the Multiverse, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then I saw the gift set, and I was like, fuck that. I guess I'm getting the gift set again. If only you held off on buying Tasha's and Xanathar's. Then, you know. Andrew, no, no, because I got the special editions for those two. <laughs> I wanted the special. I wanted the special edition gift set for the the core three books, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll go. I'll wait to get it." I found that it was like a. They had it a cool stuff. I remember I saw it. And I was. It had like a little like one of the corners had like a little like a little scratch or whatever. Right. And it was a hundred bucks instead of a hundred and sixty or whatever the price was at the time. It was only a hundred. And I was. <laughs> listen, I was like, "Oh, whatever. I'll wait. I'll wait." Now I can't find them anywhere. So I can't get the cool covers for the monster manual, the dungeon master, and the player's handbook. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make the same mistake. I'm why gonna get my special edition gift just, set for just, these books. Why don't you just like print out a high res? Like, no, Andrew, and then, that's and, pirating. No, I'm saying no. I'm saying just get the get the covers, like find it on Google or some shit, and then print out a high res version of it, and then just stick it to your to your books you have now. No. It's different. It's really not. <laughs> it's different. Oh, uh, anyways, so yes, I, they're beautiful. Uh, I'm gonna get them. They're 169 dollars. So uh, for the special set. So because I care more about what's in the books than what's on the actual books. Do, I care about both. Uh, well. <laughs> do you have Do you have Sanathar? I do have Sanathars. Yeah. Do you have Tasha's? I don't have Tasha's. No. Okay. Yeah. So I I, yeah. I don't know and might might or might not be worth it for me to get the whole trilogy because I don't want to get I'm not I'm not the kind of person like I want, I, I you know get the same it does it's, same copy I mean, it, of a yeah no nah, I hear you it does come with the with the DM screen but okay yeah it looks nice and it has foil and shit on it um so yeah it includes the fifth edition best selling rules expansion for Sanathars so guides to everything touches cauldron of everything. Xanathar's Guide to Everything and Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That, that does not read well next to each it other. It really doesn't. <laughs> and Monster of the Multiverse, along with the Dungeon Master screen together for the first time in a beautiful slipcase. Uh, yeah. And then 
that and then each three books and Dungeon Master Screen feature special foil cover available only for so those books have a special foil cover, meaning that certain parts of the books are shiny. Or because yeah, so I, that's a gift set, and I, I, I'm, I'm gonna take a wild guess here, and I think they wanted it to come out in Christmas, but they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't, they weren't able to hit it, so it's coming out in January 25th that's fine. instead. Yeah, that yeah. that seems very much like they want to hit that Christmas market. Yeah. Um, because I have noticed they've been taking, there is some changes with the monster stats. Like if you look in the, um, in the, it, it, like if you look in Van Richten's or like Candlekeep or probably anything published after Candlekeep. There's there's some changes to stat blocks, but I'll be very interested to see what exactly these revisions are, and I really yeah. hope it's so, not, I really hope it's not like a lazy let, change. <laughs> let, yeah, me too. But let me let me read you here this bit. Uh, so, Monster of the Multiverse will collect updated stat blocks for nearly 300 creatures and NPCs. Oh, I'm sorry, nearly 300 creatures, NPCs, and items previously printed in other books. So it's not just the monster manual. Uh, Jeremy Crawford, principal rule designer of Wizards of the Coast, explained during the live stream, blah, blah, blah. It's a new standard for the company's release going forward. Okay, so I guess they're going to be doing weird releases. Um, he said, we revised the content of the monster, uh, Monsters of the Multiverse so that it plays even better than it did before. Many of the monsters have new abilities and new bits of lore, which will make them even more fun to include in your campaigns. We also shifted the lore focus so that this material is relevant no matter where you play in the D&D multiverse, not just in the Forgotten Realms. So I guess we're making it a little bit more, um, uh, not standard, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, vanilla? Uh, standardized, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, man, I can't remember. It said that the, like, the actual design of this, the monster stab block is changing. Um, but I can't, I can't find where it was at. Anyways, but another set of news that is coming in. In 2024, we're going to have a new evolution of Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, what? Yeah. Wait, what? A new, a new evolution of Dungeons & Dragons. It's rumored to be released in 2024. You mean a new edition? They say evolution. So, I don't know if it's Are like we a looking at 5.5. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the big th- it was a big thing with with the with this book, which is a revised version of the monster and all that stuff. So we could be looking at a five point five. That would be very yeah. interesting, and that yeah. means I would have to buy all these fucking books again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it says, uh, reading this article from Gizmodo, it says, however, you may want wait to wait for it. Uh, whatever the hell is coming next, executive producers Ray Winninger announced during the recent D&D Celebration livestream event that the next evolution of Dungeons & Dragons will be arriving in 2024. He was then extremely cagey about the details, so we don't know whether this will be a 6th edition or a granddaddy of tabletop role-playing games. Oh, I mean, a 6th edition of the granddaddy of tabletop role-playing games. Or a 5.5 edition, much like the one received by the 3rd edition. Uh, Winning- Winninger did say, however, that it would be compatible with 5th edition, which suggests a 5.5. But 2024 is Dungeons & Dragons' 50th anniversary. And surely Wishes of the Coast will make something grander to mark the occasion that merely adjusting a current incarnation of the game, which is already 10 years old. Holy shit! 5th yep. edition is 10 years old? Yes, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> I know. Are you that that, that Matt Damon from yeah, Remember, remember when you sent me that video oh so many years ago of the bald screaming guy uh, explaining five E? That was like six years ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um. Uh, anyways, yes, we have those rules. 
<laughs> I I think I think because they said evolution. I think I think it's going to be a 5.5. 5. Only because they're saying it's going to be compatible with 5e. Yeah. And that and I mean to be perfectly honest with you right behind 5e 3.5 was their biggest um, yeah. Their biggest addition. Obviously, ADD is where a lot, a lot of people jumped on, but 3.5 right, right, right. was like a standout because it took the rules and then it revised it in such a well, way. Well, it could be it could be either that or it could be something completely new, you know? Uh, I don't... I, like, the, it did say, you know, 50th anniversary, I don't think it's just going to be a 5.5. I think it might be... I mean... I don't know. For for lack of a better phrase, D&D Next, which is like a like a chunk you can put onto five or put five into the new dnd i don't know i mean i mean you you say that but having having a 5.5 is pretty big it's not because it it reaches that comfortable middle ground where it's not a new completely new edition so you don't have to worry about relearning the rules but it but it does it will invigorate it to the point where it's like okay this feels new enough you know, yeah. so it, it, for ten ten more years of of D and I mean, fuck, dude, I, I can't remember. It's been ten years since it released. And I I don't I don't think Wizards of the Coast is going to want to jump to a new edition, especially with how big Five E like boomed yeah. for them. You know, yeah. there because I I'm not saying a sixth edition is out of the picture. It's going to happen. It just it just will. But I think if they were to do it now, they there might be a, a they they might be afraid of a certain amount of drop off from it that is true you know yeah so i think yeah for sure i i my money's on 5.5 so it sounds it definitely sounds like 5.5 for sure yeah but it's exciting news uh you know wizards of the coast I, I, even though they do a lot of like magic the gathering crossovers and nerds and candy i swear crap. to fucking god if it's like <laughs> if it if it's like if it's like oh now we got all the magic gathering books i'm like oh, who gives a shit well <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they 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 they're still revamping, so that's cool. Um, I mean, it just it just the, seems that way because like the book. I'm not saying the books are small, but there is a lot of fluff in the main three books that Xanathar's yeah. and Tasha's and yeah. and some of the other stuff has like kind of cut through that just to get mm-hmm. to the nitty gritty, which is what some people want. Like like okay, yeah. that's great. The the lore of Lycanthropes is interesting and all, but I want to know how to, how I can pluck them out of the book and put them into the game yeah so which it sounds which sounds like that was the, what they're starting to do with this book of yeah. you know monsters of the moon that, that, that's like what that. i'm thinking this seems like that better be a chunker that better be like a i i i'm i'm, I'm kind of hoping it's it's sort of just we revamped the monster manual and then included something else like maybe volos as well because like if you you can probably you can probably um just take all all the stuff all like the beginning stuff like the like the blood wars from the mordecai and stuff and the layers from volos and that in of itself can be a monster manual just from yeah. those two bestiaries so yeah, sure. so i mean it's not outside the realm of possibility they could probably just slam all three together and yeah it'll, it'll be a big book but it's going to be there it's going to be cohesive and comprehensive and that's yeah. that's what i feel like too i feel like i feel like we're they're kind of like easing us into a 5.5 with all these like revisions and extra rules I can see that and, and maybe they're doing it like that so people don't drop off yeah you know what I mean like it, they'll be easier to translate to well I, I, it could work yeah better. I mean and, and, but, and that's and that's what the 5.5 PHB could be it could just be the rules that are like like the player rules that are in Xanathar's and Tasha's with some with some patches and like I said just cut through the fluff 
and then yeah. and then what what the DM gets from those two books can be part of the DMG five point five. And so, I mean, it's not it, you know, I, I can totally see yeah. it. It's it's totally doable. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that's 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 a big chunk of news. Uh, all the news is I got uh, I got the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, I haven't started reading the whole thing yet, but I read the introduction and I'm actually I changed my mind a little bit. It's a lot more interesting than I thought it was gonna be. Um, and you said it was going to be for babies. Neither <laughs> babies. Uh, but we still have some more books coming in. We have this Trixhaven coming in on November 16th, and then we have Visben's Treasury of Dragons. Now, uh, is that going to... Now, did they... The 19th. Did they, oh, so it, it is confirmed that it is just about dragons, right? <laughs> like, <Yes>. okay. <laughs> yeah, they already started previewing some stuff. They had, like, a moonstone dragon. Okay. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Because, like... More dragons! Because when they said Visben's Treasury of Dragons, I'm like, okay, it could be... A, a magic guide, like a magic item guide, or actual dragons. <laughs> so. It could be both. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Yeah. But there's, there's no stopping them. They, fuck. Yeah, they, exactly. They can put whatever they want in their books, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's all the news we have for this episode. Unless you have anything else. Nope. I got nothing. Yeah. Um. Now we move to the second best favorite part of our episodes, which is. Session highlights. All right, so this one's going to be a bit of a doozy <laughs> because because what's it? It's been like two sessions. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So I would say, and this is going to sound this is going to sound like a dick move on me, and I feel like I feel like the group is probably going to have like a coup against me now. But I would say my session highlight is just how the last session ended. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was pretty awesome. All, not gonna lie. Only because you were like, okay, we gotta call it. I'm like, all right, we're gonna call it. And everyone's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, even if we didn't call it, that fight would have still would have lasted. It would have either lasted another hour, or it would have just been done there. And there. Yeah. It, so, um, but it was a nice it was a nice cliffhanger though. So my did uh wait did we even talk about the session before? No, we didn't because it's been a while since we recorded. So, so just to give some backstory, the players are going into a series of caves to look for some missing anglers, um, and they realize that the cave is dark. So naturally, one of them lights the torch to go inside. What they don't know, or what they didn't realize until they got into the cave, is that the cave is also very windy to the point where they can't light torches. <laughs> so, so the people without dark vision are literally just fumbling in the dark, like they can't see, and. <laughs> And and it it, it it got to the point that like Howard was accidentally going across barriers because because I forgot to turn on uh the light uh like the the limiters on that so, yeah, yeah, yeah so he was accidentally going like all the way not 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 like to the end but like to the north side of the map like okay no your guy stopped here <laughs> um, so so the group banded together with ropes <laughs> to kind of fumble through the dark and i would say just that moment alone is highlight worthy <laughs> just everyone being like hey, shit that's guys that's I, can't have, I didn't make that i didn't make the highlight for that i think it just <laughs> disappeared <laughs> and, then, and then there was like some like inner party squabbling because because the two no, spellcasts. hold on hold on hold on so it's only three of us can see Two of us can't, right? Yes. So the idea was to give the two that can't a rope. Mm -hmm. The rope is 30, 30 foot long, right? Yeah. And we spent, I kid you not, it was like, what, like 10 minutes, like, like lining everybody up and like trying to, we're doing, because we're in roll 20, so we're clicking 
uh, like little anchor points so people can see yeah. the ping. So like <laughs> if everybody, yeah, every, everybody, <laughs> everybody gets in line, you know, so the people that can see can actually see everybody in line and ready to go. And we're all like, okay, guys, so don't move. We're like planning exactly how this is going to go. You know, like, oh, uh, uh, Swift is going to go first. You know, I'm going to be in the rear, blah, 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 blah. And then like the minute Swift says, okay, everybody go. Literally, everybody just all the all the tokens just split everywhere. Every, <laughs> it's like no, stop. Just just Murphy's law. Every fan so every, hard. And we're and we're the thing is that we're doing we're doing dungeon rules. So wherever they land, it's wherever they land. There they go. Yeah. So and, and like there could have been traps and stuff. And the people. Yeah. And the worst part about it was so stressful. The worst part. Oh, I, I wasn't stressed. I was having the time of my life. The worst part of that was that the people that couldn't see in the dark were like way overshooting. Where like they wanted to go. And stuff, and and it took a, a. I think I said in the session, it took you guys half an hour to go like a hundred feet because, <laughs> because you're too busy trying to corral everybody in. Um, but then, but then there were some combat. Um, Octa- Octavio got it real fucking bad. <laughs> so, so okay, so there there was there was a there was a fight with a water weird that was trapped inside a waterfall. And Octavio was trying to show off and like climb the waterfall with his knives, but actually ended up cracking it. And the water weird attacked him, and then attacked Swift. And then there's like this weird like, oh, we have to take off our clothes and like huddle together for feeling, warmth. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that that water weird was that monster that's always like there. But you, you as a DM, ask yourself like, how the fuck are they even gonna like? Yeah, you know, they're not. Uh, uh, they're not gonna run into this monster ever. And here I am, just click. <laughs> <laughs> I was like perfect. Um, so then so you guys kind of like recoup a bit, and you guys go back in. And okay, so I know I said the way how the way how the last session ended was a personal highlight, but I really loved it when you guys came across the skeletons under the water, <laughs> only because you guys freaked out so fucking hard. Yeah. Um. So so Octavio was not having like wait 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 we don't have to go there and he was like not moving so 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 what happened was that there there was a moment where there was like a frozen uh, bridge and people were falling off and some they were saving oh, some yeah. Barry fell took a lot of damage from the fall and then everyone's like all right let's just rappel down <laughs> um so so then you're you're walking along this frozen inlet and as you're walking there's a singing that's slowly creeping up and up and then. You guys get into a cavern where the moonlight is pouring in through a crack in the roof, and you guys see s- giant skeletons under the water. And the entirety of the group is just like, "Nope, no, 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 we're good, we're good. I'm not, I'm not going any for, further." And 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 you guys eventually find like a, a it's a it's a sea hag, but she's under the guise of like an old lady, and she's like cooking up a stew. And you guys are smelling beef, and you guys are smelling beef stew, and you're like, "Is beef stew a sign of a concussion?" <laughs> because some of us took some fall damage. <laughs> And and uh, mittens mittens failed his save to to avoid being afraid, and then fail, and then failed his save to to avoid dropping to zero while he was afraid, and yep. so he drops to zero. Gar goes in to protect him. You guys just lay waste to her. Like uh, Swift did something like twenty something damage. Like, yeah, Swift was doing some serious damage. Yeah, and then Barry came in and started started hacking away. And you're you're fighting a will of the wisp. Just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just me and this little light yeah. just going on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm losing too. And 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 meanwhile, while this is going on, I'm describing that something in the cave is making it shake, and there you hear a roaring and. Like, st- like stalactites are falling off the ceiling 
and but you guys are still like in combat and whatnot and things are happening and and then so the hag tries to cut a deal with mittens who's now back from from zero and mittens is like no deal and just like cuts her throat right then and there right when a frost giant skeleton uh, yeah. breaks in and does something like like 25 slashing damage to guard it was ridiculous and just yeah. one shots him and then and then like everyone's panicking like Barry's like I got this does divine smite and rolls like all lows on divine smite we're like rolling so bad and, we're, and, we're, and, 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 and we're like it's okay you got an extra d8 because it, it's it's undead and then rolls like a 2 and I'm like oh, okay okay <laughs> <laughs> and and so like you guys are freaking out and panicking and Octavio's like chief reindeer help us out and he throws the orc stone out and, and right and right when chief rindar by the way that's his proper name right when chief rindar comes out i was like all right guys we'll see y'all next week after next because i'm on vacation next week yeah. <laughs> so, and and so it's just like this huge cliffhanger like gar is super dead well he's not dead yeah but, but he he was at zero mittens managed to to stabilize him and get the hell out. And Beery is now locked in combat with this giant frost giant skeleton. And 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 so El, everyone in the group's like, what what the fuck's gonna happen now? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. So <laughs> we'll see when we get yeah, there. Yeah, we're gonna have the fun. It's it's really dictated by the dice at this point. I think I think that was a great. I think that was a great way to leave it, honestly, because like the anticipation is just too much. Mm-hmm. But like that whole session, we were rolling so low for everything. You, you guys. Were it's like the session before some... when it did. No, the session before when we did when it didn't matter, we were rolling pretty high, like naturals and like crazy high uh, damage or whatever. Yeah. For this session, where we actually need the help, like I kid you not, I think the average roll was like like twelve. I, for some reason, the dice were with me on this one. Like they were rolling yeah. hot, and it was yeah. It was, I saw you. I know you. I know you rolled a couple of crits because like your reactions are always like, oh shit. Oh, I mean, you know, because it's, like, it's like the heat of combat. I can't, you know, it, it's just it's oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and like and like there was a moment where the, where the frost giant attacks. And and someone's like, oh no, he's taking his glasses off. <laughs> that was me. And I'm like, I'm like, Gar, what's your AC? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was. I think all of those were highlights for me too. But I think two that you kind of mentioned but didn't really go into was the weird sexual tension between Swift and Octavia. For some reason, there's always like. Like a moment where just just like, like Swift, 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 Swift was like, oh, we gotta bundle together to to keep our warmth, and Octavia's like, okay, <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> because the funny what I love it is because Swift is very like like he doesn't care, he can be naked, he's in the wild, yeah. right? Like he like no, but like Octavia is the total opposite. He's like from like this. Uh, uh, aristocratic family where like they don't talk about anything related with sex or sexuality or anything like that. Like they, and for some reason in this in this campaign it happened twice already. But in the last one we were like burrito up together mm-hmm. by Beery, and it was just like Swift and me like completely like trying to like like warm and completely naked. And yeah, just, like, for I, for some for some reason like you guys like like tend to bunk together <laughs> and stuff like that, despite the fact that Swift. Maybe hates Octavio <laughs> like 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 they start out the adventure like we will eat Octavio and yeah. stuff like that. But then but, but then but then they had like that kind of heart to heart moment and good need and 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 it's like it's weird because like Swift is like 
I, guys, like I have, I have to take a bath. <laughs> like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all have one, whatever. And Octavia's like, oh, no, <laughs> n- nakedity. <laughs> so <laughs> that's this weird, like, juxtaposition between the two. Yeah. And then this is... I don't know. I don't know if I should be okay with this or not. Just like this is a weird, like sexually tense campaign in general. <laughs> because there's 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 that going on between between you and Swift, and then Beery is just trying to just get lucky with everybody in town. <laughs> and then Gar and Mint is just there for a good time. <laughs> like, you need just... you need to you need to roll for STDs at some point <laughs> with Beery. I mean, we haven't got to that point yet, <laughs> so I mean, you guys are only level two. <laughs> oh man. But um, that and then there is the part of the bridge. But there, there, where like there is definitely like some weird budding romance going on yeah. between Swift and Octavia. I love it because <laughs> Octavia hates it. He's so awkward. He's like, no, I don't. What is this? But it's like, but it's like, it's like, it's like Swift's awkward too, and it's it just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit uh, and then there's like this frozen bridge and my favorite part was when like we were trying to make it back and like people were like oh how are we gonna like try to make it so it's like trying to come up with like an idea or something and then Octavius already on the other side and he's like hey guys how about how about we make a railing with the rope so this, the people that can't sink and cross it and then, and then Swift's like that's a stupid idea that's actually a pretty good idea yeah, <laughs> we can't let him know. And then, and then, as he's actively like mocking him for his bad idea, he falls off. Yeah. The bridge. So Octavio thinks that it was an actual bad idea, <laughs> but it was just the, the rolls were bad. So like, I'm sorry, I will never come up with an idea. Shit, that was a hard one to turn down. <laughs> yeah, oh. and then the other highlight for me, I think it wasn't in the, in the session; it was the session last. Way around the boat, and you have that beautiful description of uh, Swift's childhood. Oh yeah, yeah, bro, that was like that was like some serious like Disney storytelling moment right there with the music and the way it was like, oh, that was actually that was awesome. That was actually something that like because I, I I've been more or less messaging everybody in the group secretly because yeah. there's like secrets to the campaign stuff like that. And he's like, hey, can we have like a moment that sort of like details like my my backstory a bit so you know that it, it because uh robert the player he is he's very much in line with like the story has to justify the character's right, right, right. like yeah. trajectory so i'm like yeah totally we can we can totally do that and me and him we, we, we were just kind of throwing ideas back and forth and so yeah that was one of them um yeah so so we had we had a little brief flashback of little baby swift being raised by this uh this like bear creature thing and and that kind of left off on a bit of a cliffhanger itself what's gonna happen i don't know <laughs> but yeah. yeah so it's just yeah we we we're, we're plinking ideas back and forth and stuff and and i'm like i'm like yeah if, if you guys want to expand your backstory some more or just like want to let me take the reins and try to throw some stuff in there i'll be totally down for it because this this campaign we have definitely hit the brakes a bit more and we're focusing more yeah, on the individual sure. characters instead of like the world at large. So yeah, yeah, we're so. we're taking more story moments like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was that was I guess three highlights that I had since the last time we uh, we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anything else? I think we're good. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens next. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> 
some people might die. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just have to see. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. I have, uh, I have but, been, I, I don't want to say agonizing, but I'm like, oh man, the buildup for this next session is so bad. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully uh, Mr. Reindeer helps. <clears throat> yeah, I think he will too. <laughs> so... Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, so thank you everybody that uh, stuck around with us uh, for another episode of uh, Talk of Opportunity. I hope you had a good time. I hope you learned something about the Shadowfell. Um, it's a great, great, great book. Van Richardson's Guide to the Raven Loft, especially if you like spooky stuff and uh, especially in the month of October. This is the month to run any of these uh, settings, or at least plop your players there for a couple of sessions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but as you know, we uh, go live uh, every Wednesday, or almost every Wednesday, with uh, our current campaign, which is Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. So make sure to tune in for that on Twitch or Facebook. And hopefully, maybe I'm trying to get ourselves on YouTube as well. Um, there's a premium for that, but that's that's the goal. Um, but we also have new episodes of our podcast, like this one, coming every other Wednesday. Unless something happens with life, uh, as it just happened the past two months. But that's just something that we can't really control. Um, this is the second part of our Shadowfell deep dive um, of four for our season finale of season two. Um, but with that, I hope you, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed and have a good time. We will see you next week. Actually, we'll see you this Wednesday for another episode of A Talk Opportunity um, live. Um, but make sure to tune in and give us a rating, give us a like, leave a review. Let us know what you like. Leave any comments on this uh, on this podcast. Um, but thank you so much. I hope you'll have a wonderful rest of your weekend, rest of your day. Stay safe out there. And as always, uh, keep on gaming. <laughs>